and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. How you doing? Welcome to the Nerd Your Enthusiasm podcast number episode letter four. Uh, I am always lovely joined by my good friend, compatriot, bodyguard, Kingsguard, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Steven, say hello. Also known as his bigger brother. My my bigger what? Big brother. Oh, big brother. I thought you said bigger butt brother. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Hey, you said it, not me. Okay. Pretty sure if everyone else just heard it as well. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, why do we come here today? Well, we have a few topics we got to talk about. But first off, Google this past week or so. I can't remember when it was. I didn't actually watch it. They unveiled their new quote unquote console. It's really just a streaming device and it's called Stadia. Interesting enough. Uh, what do we know about this thing, Stephen? Well, for one, it was formally announced that GDC, the game developers conference a few weeks ago. Um, it's, it's less of a console and more of a streaming platform that enables users to instantly access any game within the library of curated titles uh, through basically they want to pretty much embody Google Chrome and add video games to it. So Google Chrome, obviously you browse, you do numerous things, uh, ease of access. They want basically to give people less friction to access and play their favorite titles. So what this entails is basically like if you're on your laptop, on your tablet, even on your phone, anything that can open up a Google Chrome browser, you can access, purchase, and pretty much play a title that has the capability to basically stream up to 4K quality. This is their words. I'm a Mm. bit doubtful about that. But the idea is that they have a bunch of rigs in their cloud architecture that is basically like a mid-tier PC if you were to build one right now with 2.7 gigahertz CPU, 16 gigabytes of RAM. And I don't know, it's very ambitious with its scope. It has a lot of problems when it comes to privacy, though, that I'm very skeptical about it, even at its inception right now. Um. A few things that you might not know from the conference uh, is that they touted certain features that they could do with the platform. So one is the idea that, let's say you're watching your favorite streamer on Twitch. However, since YouTube has their own YouTube streaming network, they were kind of, you know, marking the idea off of YouTube instead of Twitch since, you know, they're competitors. Right. So they were basically uh, detailing how you're watching your favorite streamer. And then an option on the Twitch or the YouTube chat pops up saying, hey, do you want to join the streamer and pretty much play in the, in the same game session as the streamer is currently playing? Huh. And you could join in automatically. It'll take like five seconds, 10 seconds, and you will immediately join the queue to play with that streamer. Whoa, in real time. that's pretty cool. If you wanted to play with like someone like, I don't know, I would reckon fucking anybody. I don't know any streamers today. Ninja. 
Uh, I think we're just of the older generation. He's Twitch. Yeah. We're potatoes. (laughs) It's like, who the fuck is a streamer on YouTube? I guess Boogie. I would want to play with Boogie. That savage son of a bitch. That would be cool, except I think uh, the logistics regarding that is kind of a bit... If... If your aspiration is to play with a larger streamer, not only will you be in that queue of like hundreds of people waiting in line, you might not even get a chance to play with them if you're like, you know, if you come late into the stream, it's like, oh shit, they're they're about to go offline in like 30, 40 minutes and I'm number 575 in the queue. So it's going to take a while. So to me, it's a cool idea, but much of the rollout of this announcement has been the practicality of it all. Uh, when they talk about uh, streaming in 4K, they, they even went further and said, we also have the ability with time to basically output in 8K once 8K televisions 8K. are out. Yeah, but, but to me, I, I, I was a bit baffled because I'm like, why are you talking about 8K right now when you still nothing. haven't really showcased the, the competency of your service when it comes to you know broadband internet? and how the quality and the latency is going to play a factor into that. Motherfucker, I don't even own a 4K TV, okay? This shit is still tube-based. <laughs> you gotta get with the times, man. It, it, it's running on a battery, okay? <laughs> it doesn't even function. It barely... You put a magnet up to that bitch, it turns pink. Okay, you feel me? That's how poor I am. That's how old I am in regards to this fucking... 4k what's that fucking candy bar (laughs) yeah it's it's a bit ridiculous uh they were like posturing that they could do it and i'm like that that should be the least thing in your mind right now uh right most people won't even yeah like most people don't care about that right now yeah they don't Uh, even most people don't even have a 4k television or at least most people i know i mean shit 8k's fucking blue sky ideas at this point it's impossible. Right. It's, it's it's reaching the impossible for now. Right. Uh, the more pressing question is, so with Google Stadia, you're going to see this running theme of a bunch of other big time companies like Amazon, Apple, uh, Microsoft. They are they all want a piece of that big pie. My question, though, is how tasty is that pie when it comes to broadband integration across the country, you know, like in the U.S.? Uh, There's a lot of like rural areas who don't have good Internet. So they're almost out of the equation when it comes to this. So I feel like streaming is a bit too soon with where we are in the current trends of broadband technology. I will say, however, that I feel like much of their uh, commitment to streaming platforms is is sort of based on the idea that if 5G takes off a lot quicker than 4G did, then 5G will be the catalyst that will basically enable a lot more players to be able to invest in that technology and not have to worry about having you know a certain internet provider that's local to them and they can just do it wirelessly. But even that enables more problems. Um. Yeah, it just so, seems like it's a it's going to be a whole pain. Um, other aspects uh, regarding development to uh to toolkits 
is that they wanted they want developers to instantly access basically the server technology behind Stadia so that it'll be easier for them to develop, you know, like larger than life multiplayer games. One example is, oh, imagine if uh, for Battle Royale games, we have 100 players, well, we could have 1,000. And then I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of a hundred. Yeah. Death everywhere, bodies yeah. on the field. Yeah. Ridiculous. <sighs> Again, it, it just seems like they are just trying to go for like the big, big ideas and... It's like, I don't even know if Battle Royale will be even a, a big thing in like 10 to 15 years to where, oh, now we can do 1,000 player Battle Royales. Like, I think it's going to change into something else. And I think Battle Royale, I think, yeah, it's going to morph into something else. I don't think it's going to be Battle Royale as we know now. I feel like if they were going to do like an open world like game, how Battle Royale would work would be and God, don't make me say it, but take the idea, the cusp of the idea that Fallout... Uh, um, 76. Yeah, thank you. I fucking forgot. That's how horrible that game was. Uh, take Fallout 76 idea of like, you know, you can kill people and do that and then optimize it for something as a, like a battle, quote unquote, battle royale or a open world uh, adventure where you can eventually kill you can kill people as well as you go along but i don't know about that maybe it will happen maybe it won't but battle royale probably won't be around as we know it in about 10 years um they also introduced a wireless controller that connects uh directly to your wi-fi router or your uh, network instead of it being bluetooth so the idea behind that is since Google Chrome can be accessed through any platform, your controller, since it's hooked up to the Wi-Fi network, it will automatically be universally connected to all your devices. So you don't have to constantly switch uh, between uh, platforms every time you want to switch it up. But again, like as as a concept, that's just like the idea behind Stadia. It's it's really intriguing because it cuts the hardware barrier for people who are like, okay, I don't want to spend like, you know, $500 on a, on a console or, or make a gaming PC that's going to cost me upwards of $1,000. I just want to play a game right now, as long as I have fast internet. Right. As baseline, it's a very good idea. However, my problem with that is when it comes to like the privacy concerns uh, with how Google will pretty much uh, own every title you have and you don't really have a way to... Um, there's no right to play the game. There's no right. Really. Correct. It's not like a physical disc. I mean, we've kind of migrated to a digital library already, but at least when oh, it yeah, comes 90%. to a, I mean, when it comes to a digital library, I mean, there's already problems there. And for Stadia as a streaming platform... It just raises more questions and more skepticism to, uh, from me in regards to the viability of product ownership. Um, yeah, it's 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 honestly a little bit scary when I think about it more because it's it's like fuck. Um, we're we're gonna get to that point where hardware might not be a thing in like fifteen twenty years. It's all about that quantum computing, isn't it? Is that the same thing? No, it's not. Quantum no, computing is, is like 
No, this is uh, machine learning. Machine learning, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's machine learning uh, with a little bit of artificial intelligence. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to say the least, but they have not revealed how we purchase for titles. They have not revealed whether Stadia is like a subscription service where you pay 15, 20 bucks a month and then you can gain access to all titles. I don't think that's how they're going to go. Uh, I, I I think it's going to be just, oh, you've watched the trailer for Assassin's Creed uh, um, Odyssey. And then at the end, it says play now. And then you click play now on the YouTube video and you're automatically playing the game where left off in the video which is the introduction of this other feature about save states which i think is really cool the idea of like you know uh saving the game and then you create a link and then you could post that link on social media or through messaging and anyone else that has access to stadia can jump in from where you stopped on that link and play right where you left off, which is really uh-huh. cool. That's, I think, the, yeah, I think that was the more positive notion of that conference that I got. I mean, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, um, it's, I just don't know. I, so I wanted to make a sort of prediction of what, on what might happen with Stadia. And the reason why many people think, Google might not have an advantage is because I think Microsoft has been investing a lot more in their uh, cloud platform, which is called Azure, far longer. And I think Microsoft has better infrastructure to support something like that. And I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see uh, the blueprint of that come into fruition when E3 2019 rolls around and the next Xbox is announced. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, and that's going to be the uh, the stepping stone for what this new future of streaming will will be. Yeah, I have a couple questions in regards to games that they're gonna have on this system. I mean, since they're creating a their own streaming like thing, is it have do we have any confirmed titles that are going to be on it? I know it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey is already this. It was like what they used for the demo, right? Um, ID Tech, who makes uh, Doom and Doom Eternal, uh, they have been confirmed that they're going to release Doom on the platform. Okay. They, uh, during the conference, they, they mentioned to the audience, hey, you can come and check out the, the demo, um, but I haven't really heard any impressions off of people who played it. But even during the conference, they show like a lot of tech demos, just of games and concept, because Google is developing a in-house uh, game studio with Jade Raymond, which was the one of the lead designers of Assassin's Creed at Ubisoft. Right. Um, and uh, and some of the footage just looked a little bit laggy. Like it was quite, you know, apparent when you saw the footage. Um, and again, it's, it's all going to come down to performance. And the implications for this is funny because when you're trying to play like a, a fighting game and when you have to be as precise as possible and making sure that there's almost zero latency when it comes to combos, right. I, yeah, I don't I mean, think fighting insane. games will be viable in this platform. 
No. And I'm looking at their description on uh, Google, which is ironic. Uh, looking at their description of Google Stadia on Google right now, it says Stadia is a cloud gaming service operated by a multinational technology company by Google. Okay. It is capable of streaming video games in 4K resolution. Okay. At 60 frames per second. When will you do that? I don't know. Maybe playing Minecraft. Um, with support of high dynamic range to players via the co- company's numerous data centers across the globe. Uh, okay. 60 frames per second in 4K. Maybe if you're staring at a picture. <laughs> it's like... I mean, I don't doubt that they could hit that mark, but I'm, I, 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 I doubt the consistency of of the gameplay experience. That's my problem with it. I honestly don't think streaming is 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 viable until like first of all you have to consider the infrastructure of broadband how 5g will change things all these things have to be in place before streaming can become something extremely viable right for the market right and it's not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight it's definitely probably not gonna happen overnight if you i have a side question uh-huh. if you if you think if you could have any game on the stadia what would it be? Any game? Any um, game. From our, PlayStation well, or Microsoft? Well, let me broaden that question, right? What about a selection of games that you know are graphically intensive, but you don't really want to spend so much money on a good PC? Something like, you know, let's say they make a Future Crisis game, since that mm. was the benchmark back then. Uh, maybe the, the new battlefield, or you know, something very graphically intensive, mm-hmm. to where having hardware to support it is sort of like, well, I could just be a cheap ass and just you know buy the game on Stadia and just play it through there. The next you know, Project Red game, or Project CD Project Red, yeah, or like Cyberpunk, like or something, Cyberpunk. Yeah, like something yeah. like that. You know, like I I kind of want like a game of that caliber to really test the efficiency of of the streaming platform and that will be like the game changer you know right um but yeah just something of that caliber i think just to entice more people to sign up for it it is slated to be released this year i assume during the fall they they haven't uh set a target window yet but i imagine somewhere within the fall before the new uh, consoles from Sony and Microsoft will come out. So what do you think their first, their top five launching titles? Obviously we have Assassin's Creed. We have, well, well, yeah, we have it, we have Ubisoft. Um, I, I don't know what the other game publishers were. Um, I don't think I saw Activision. At this Um, point, Bethesda might as well jump on the train just to, just to, do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Bethesda will be in on it. Um, I mean, if it is, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Bethesda isn't. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, any of those games, well, Elder Scrolls won't be here till like <laughs> 10 years from now. Forever. So. Forever. I think Starfield. Forever. Starfield. I think Starfield. Sure. Yeah, I think Starfield would be a good bet, a good get. Um, um as far as i'm really intrigued to see what first party titles under the google banner would look like 
I think that would be the more like pressing question yeah, of like first party oh, tariffs. First party from Google? Oh my god. Yeah, like uh, that's anything at this point. They they purchased the, the license for Half Life Three. <laughs> they purchased Half Life Valve. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Oh my god! Google develops Half Life Three, and it's fucking indirectly. <laughs> indirectly, Stadia is a competitor to Steam. So, I mean, hey, if you th- what was the last uh, what was the last console that started with an S? I believe Switch. it was. Uh, well, uh, okay, no, other than the Nintendo Switch, other than the current gen, what we got? Saturn, Sega Saturn, Sega Saturn, the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, we got the. Yeah, it's, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's gonna fail. I'm just saying it has the potential to fail, and not just because it's named Stadia, but. And I was thinking about this, and it's fucking horrible. So crucify me it's a, if need be. It's but, a pretty bad name. Like you can kind of get what they're going for. Like Stadia is supposed to be like Stadium, where it's I, like I say we we just transition to Sekiro. Let us talk now. After we just talked about Stadia for a little bit and what we would expect, uh, I think, like you just said, the the, uh, the first party games would be definitely interesting to see from uh, Google. Uh, just crazy, the the sky, the blue sky ideas. Um, but now, I think we should uh, transition from the good Google to the awesome Sekiro. Uh, Shadows die twice. Uh, that game. Oh my god, that game has caused me to lose uh lose hairs out of my fucking skull. Uh from pulling them, of course. This game is is way it's different in comparison to most uh Souls games. Or Soulborn or is it Blood Blood Souls? Whatever you want to call it, everyone has I, a name for it. Everyone has a name for it. Um but long story short, uh my first initial impressions. Would you like to give your impressions, or should I give mine first? Because no, give yours I'm, first. Because yeah, I'm, I'm not as far I'm, as you. Yeah, I'm a bit far. <laughs> I'm like more than halfway through the game right now. I mean, I, I haven't touched it uh, for a little bit, but uh, my initial impressions. It took me a good long while to get to the point where I could start to have some flow with what I was doing. Uh-huh. Obviously, you know, the first run you go through the areas in regardless of the souls, if it's bloodborne, if it's anything, you're learning like, okay, where the fuck are the enemies? Okay. Who's going to wreck me? What's going to happen? Um, my first run through, uh, I believe I got into meow, meow. <laughs> Just ignore the cat. We have a mascot, and its name is Dracula. Dracula. Uh, that's Steven's cat. And um, so, yeah, uh, my first the first area I went through, I wasn't expecting much, and then I got to the uh, first samurai, and he absolutely, positively destroyed me within five seconds. Um, how did you first uh, play against him? Like, were you dodging? Because yeah. that's really a first mistake that Souls players or even Souls veterans commit. I was I was doing a lot of jumping, a lot of dodging, but I was trying to do a lot of parrying and countering. Um, I didn't yet have the ability where you could step on his spear. 
So, or I think he had a spear. The Mercury counter. The Mercury counter. One of my favorite things. It's like you just step on the spear. It's like bitch. Yeah. And just stab him right in the face. Um, but I don't think he even uses a spear. He uses like a, a huge, huge sword. It's like it's not a katana. It's like a something else, some other weapon. It's there's a yeah. There's another general that the long ass spear. And right. he has given me so much trouble. I, I think it took me like 10 tries just to beat him. Yeah. So it's, it's the guy I'm talking about is the very first. Uh, yeah. It's the first samurai one. you take on. And uh, yeah, I think my initial impression was like I was after I killed the big fucking rooster, which is still one of the most ridiculous enemies in the game. <laughs> and then like, we'll get to the rooster in a second. And so then we, then I crawled, like I snuck around and then I jumped off the thing and stabbed him, got his first, uh, What's it called? I'm horrible with names. Prayer bead? No, not the prayer bead. I when you do the uh, the attack, death the, blow. Death blow. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the death blow. I gave him his first death blow, and um, essentially, it, I was like, "Yes!" And then he was like, "Let me show you something, my son." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, how he got me the first couple times. Like, I think I got to the dragon rot. Dragon rot started infesting like four people at one point. It was before you could even take away the dragon rot. And, um, but you get a long story short, after I defeated him, which took me like 10 tries in about two days of, and a little bit of sanity, uh, to get through, I found myself face to face with a big giant fuck with a huge hammer. Um, just absolutely disgusting looking uh, who, who's in the next area. And then I started learning like, okay, it's like chess a little bit. It's like, who do you take out first? So that way that person doesn't see you. I mean, I like to play stealthy, so yeah. And then uh, other than that, one of the most terrifying moments in the entire game was when I went into the Valley Oh. And for those of you who haven't gone into the valley, why haven't you gotten to the valley? Are you do you suck at the game like I do? They're still stuck and, at the ogre. Yeah. Oh, also, I didn't even realize the valley was down there. Did I mention this to you? I don't think I did. So you know how you jump down there to get down to the where you start going down the valley? Yes. Where the bridge is broken. I didn't know that was there the whole time. I it, only after I killed the samurai in that area first did I realize that you there was an actual there. drop down. Yeah, there's a sculptor idol nearby that right. area. And then on the right side, there's a note right next to like a small structure that says, don't go here because there's uh, ghosts here or like yeah. enemies that you can. Apparently, kill. you can get past that. You can get over to the area they're talking about where there is an enemy that you can't kill. Yeah, much of this game, like, especially now for speedrunners that have acclimated to the game now, you can, like, just skip through major areas of the game uh, just by running through enemies and whatnot. Yeah, and then there's a, do you know about the bell you can ring to make the game harder? Yes, yes, I do. I, <laughs> I, I got to that point, and I thought you had to ring the bell to summon the boss, but I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to ring it. I'm not going to ring it. <laughs> this has to be a trap <laughs> and then it, it wasn't 
yeah way harder yes it would um and i don't need that right now in my life so i'm not about that game yeah so so yeah i mean uh and then you reached through the valley but you also went through the hirata state and you fought the drunkard right yeah the drunkard yeah the one with the big sword and there's like a blue sap a blue shinobi or samurai nearby Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Harada Estate, yeah, yeah. Um, so I killed the. I didn't fight the drunkard. You did? Oh, the big fat fuck. Yeah, that you can have yeah. an NPC help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I fought him. Still haven't killed him. Um, because I, I totally could have killed him, but uh, I just got to the point where I was like, meh. But and you chose not to. It was yeah. a choice. He was begging you for mercy, and you're like, you know what? I will give you mercy, but I won't when I come back later on. Yeah, I'm going to come back. Don't worry. I was just trying to boost myself up levels a little bit. Um, And other than that, uh, oh, I did kill this, the um, the Shinobi Hunter. That guy was pretty easy. Once I took out his goons, I didn't fight him with the goons because I knew who he was as soon as I saw him. He's the one with the spear, right? Big, huge fucking spear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people um, had trouble with him. I think I killed him on his first, my first attempt. And then I went to this little area, which you probably haven't found, uh, in the Harada estate. Did you find uh, uh, your, the arm mechanic? What the fuck are they called? Goddamn. The prosthetic so, tools. The prosthetic tools. Yeah, there's a prosthetic tool in the Harada estate. That's you have to go up a river and then jump up a wall to get to. Did you find that? Yeah, the the raven feather. Right. In order to get that thing, I didn't realize that there was an assassin just yeah. chilling up there. Yeah. And so I walked up, I was like, oh, there's something off about this. And then I heard <laughs> or that's the fucking uh that's the uh, Metal Gear Solid noise. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like <laughs> Oh shit! And he just jumped down on me. And he just—it was—it was all white on rice. It was just fucking—I was done. I was just fucking stabbing me through my face, kicking me up my asshole. It was all bad. Uh, yeah, but- he's pretty rough. I got him on my second attempt. Um, but there is a way to cheese that fight. Yeah, I did cheese it. Oh my god! <laughs> I went down the chute, and then he ignored me, and I was like, "Die, no. bitch!" Oh, okay. But- Oh, so, so you did kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I kill I killed him, but uh I de-aggroed him. Oh, okay. So you after you de de-aggro him, you can go back up the chute, you jump back up it, and he's no longer like alerted, and you can sneak up behind him and get him. No, there's an there's another step that, that you then commit to. What you do is you go back to the river and he follows you down and he drowns in the river. Oh shit, he follows you. I yeah. wasn't even planning on that. He didn't yeah. follow me. So there was this one for the child scene where someone just jumps. He doesn't go down that that long ass shoe. He just jumps out oh. into the river and then he also follows him like oh and he just dead. Right <laughs> in the fucking water. Which is ironic because in the old uh, Souls games and Bloodborne, you really can't swim. Like you'll you'll just drown. But for Sekiro, it's like, oh shit, I'm the Shinobi who could sw- who who can swim now. Apparently, that doesn't apply to enemies that are not like the I learned the part. ancient sport that is so difficult to practice yeah. swimming, <laughs> <laughs> treading fucking water. It's like what even? But yeah, uh, so I killed him the honorable way, slightly. 
Uh, and then I tried to go into the castle. I killed through all, all of the people in front of the castle. And then, oh, it took me forever to figure out those fuckers with the hats that shoot poison at you. What, right after you beat the horse boss. Like oh, yeah. The very first boss. Um, that those guys could be killed with the shield breaker axe. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not called that, but that's what I use it for. And I didn't realize those those hats were acting as shields. So I was like, ah, okay. Because I they just kept wrecking me. I was like, I can't touch them. What the fuck is happening? Uh, I tried to deflect their shit. Wouldn't work. But long story short, after you get through all that area, I got to the part where you fight the bull. And the bull, well, as they say, when you mess with the bull, you get the fucking horns. And these horns were on fire and right up my ass. Um, yeah, he defeated me very quickly. He's just too difficult to beat for me. Uh, in general, that bull fight, I've seen people complain about. Just in concept, it's just easy. All you have to do is just dodge to his left and just circle around him and put in hits. But it's sort of weird how the dynamics of psychology play into here, where it's like you're in the small ass arena and you just want to get this over with. So you really overcommit yourself. And then that's when the bull just fucks you up. He hits you once and you're fucked. Yeah. You um, are fucked. There's no getting up a good tactic there. I, that, that, that I've, that, that I basically did was basically have him just hit the corner of the walls, uh, around and he will be staggered momentarily. And then that gives you enough leeway and time to basically commit to like, you know, doing extra damage against them or using like a prosthetic tool to, you know, stun him a bit more. But yeah, yeah the, it's, uh, it's, the firecrackers help a lot. Yeah, the firecrackers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, tell me about your impressions of the game, unless you want to have, ask any more questions for me. So really the biggest question or really like the hypothetical when I came into Sekiro was okay is this the game that will be that will dethrone Bloodborne in my eyes when it comes to his work of you know Miyazaki mm-hmm. and his soul series right now as it stands not yet maybe it could happen but right now so this is how I view it um in terms of combat, in terms of the whole parry mechanic, in terms of deflecting, I love that shit. I think I, it's just, the combat system in Sekiro is just way more engaging than in Bloodborne. In Bloodborne, you really have to tackle it more from an RPG sense of like, you need to farm, you need to increase the stats, you need to pick the right weapon, you need to have the right items. You are role-playing as this hunter in Yarnum. And you have to sort of predispose yourself yeah. to a play style. In Sekiro, there's only one play style. And the, a lot of people might complain and say it limits, you know, replayability and whatnot. And while I agree in that sense, I think having a more straightforward, a more, you know, sort of linear way of playing makes the player commit to it long enough to where they get better. And I feel like the difficulty curve is a bit more fair and Sekiro than it was in the previous Souls games. Because in the previous Souls games, uh, with the weapons and the variety of builds that you can make, it kind of coddles the player to sort of play only one playstyle, and And that's fine. If that's how you want to play, more power to you. But in Sekiro, 
you really have to master pairing. You really have to time your deflex. You really have to learn the enemy's attack patterns. And honestly, when you break it down, Sekiro isn't a hard game at all. It, it, it's just challenging because it forces the player to adapt to a playstyle that they may not have been adept at or enjoy particularly. Yeah, that's why you, th- that's why you see like a lot of like you know some reviewers say, "Oh, yeah, Sekiro is a good game, but I don't like it, but I can respect the hell out of it." You, you see the sentiment with like Jim Sterling or you know with certain. Uh, you know, if you go through Metacritic and read through some of the reviews, like the sentiment is there uh, Mm -hmm. regarding that. But, but yeah, um, in terms of atmosphere though, I feel like Bloodborne still has it. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's just more iconic in my opinion. Well, you also got to think it's like, it's a totally original story. I mean, yeah, it takes a little bit from, uh, Lovecraft takes a little bit from the Victorian era, era like Cos- yeah, cosmic horror and cosmic general horror and all that stuff. That like, twist it's, halfway, it's just so ingenious. Um, yeah, I mean, gets a lot of um, gets a lot of ideas from all these things, and then you take it to for Sekiro, which takes it from uh, Imperial Feudal Japan. Japan, Feudal yeah. Japan. Sorry, yeah, um, no, there's still some um, supernatural elements of Sekiro, but it really does feel like there is no half game plot twist that changes your outlook of the game or, or of the story. Like everything is set in stone from the beginning. Even if, even if you encounter like the snake for the first time in the Valley, Mm. like seeing that larger than life enemy just come at you and be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like that's really like the only moment in the game so far. Again, I haven't completed the game. My opinion will change once I have. But that really is the only part of the game that makes you think, "Oh shit, there's something bigger afoot here. There's right. something uh, supernatural." Um, but yeah, what was the last uh, boss you fought? Oh well, it's a bit of a spoiler since you're not there yet. But the last boss I oh, fought. Oh, well, don't fucking. Uh, so the explain it in loose terms yeah uh, okay but okay because the actual last mini boss i fought was uh someone called snake eyes and there's two of those mini bosses i think a lot of people have trouble with them because they have a bunch of health they have a bunch of posture and they can shoot you um and so many people have sort of just been like, shit, I need to find a way to cheese this. And there are ways, but the way to cheese the first Snake Eyes encounter, once you go to the gun fort, um, just takes too much effort to do. So again, this goes back to the idea of you just got to get good. You just got to adapt. And eventually after like five attempts, I, I, I did defeat that mini boss. As for the proper boss... Oh my god. Okay, so for this proper boss, I won't sort of spoil what it is, but uh, it's most likely going to be one of the more iconic boss fights in this game, bar none. Um, Okay. You fight a big creature, and you have to... There are certain sensibilities of Dark Souls and Bloodborne that you sort of gravitate towards. Uh, So... 
pretty much just running around the arena, dodging and just waiting for a moment to just attack when when they're not actively trying to, you know, swing at you. I have a um, question. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying not to spoil this, but is it the boss that dies twice? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Just confirming for myself. Shadows yeah. die twice. Is he a shadow? Okay. Gotcha. I understand who it is. So that, that explains it. Mind you, there will I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but just I think just keep, I know. Just, just understand one thing about Sekiro, right? As soon as you realize you've killed a boss, don't you, put your guard down. Yeah, don't put your guard down. It, it's, it's never as easy as it seems. Um, but yeah, that was the last boss fight. Um, I defeated him on my third attempt, which was surprising because Jesus. I thought I was going to have a lot more trouble. But at the end of it, I was basically just holding the circle button and running around the arena. And like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen footage of other people who are just a little bit more aggressive. Like, yeah, they dodge and run. But, you know, there are moments where it's safe to try and parry his attacks. But just the scale of the fight makes you think, no, fuck this shit. I'm just going to stay back and wait until he, like, takes a moment to recover. And then I'm going to swing twice or three times if i get lucky to sort of you know deal some damage mm-hmm. um and based on this just ties back to like their whole combat system with posture which i really like um so with posture posture is connected to health uh in a way that if the less health your enemy has so when you do manage to get in a few hits that they don't block then the lower their health, the lower their posture recharges. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so when their posture is, you know, basically like at its limit, that's when you can be more aggressive and just bam, 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 just charge. But that's where you get caught. That's where you get caught in a fucking flurry of death. <laughs> Happens well, a lot to me. Yeah, sure. But again, like when the boss levels like at half health or less, and like their posture is like almost at the 75% range. Generally speaking, it's pretty safe to just go at it because by putting pressure and this game, you have to be aggressive. There are no two ways about it. There are instances where you can just sort of sit back and just try and wait, but engagements become longer by doing that. And again, depending on the player's stamina, if they can afford to wait that long, to kill boss then go for it but in general this game encourages aggression in a way that bloodborne en- encouraged more aggression than dark souls did because in mm-hmm. dark souls you had the option to just shield up and block like in bloodborne they're like oh no shields for you and then in Sekiro, oh uh no more stamina and no more trick weapons and no more also no stunning stats. i mean at all uh yes, stunning the 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 closest thing to a stun is really the firecrackers. Right, I guess there's um, that. And if you apply oil and you use the the torch or the furnace weapon yeah. to sort of just 
apply the burn status, there is like a moment of like two to three seconds where they're like stunned from the burn and, and they take, you know. Oh, also the ash, uh, something that's really helped me in a couple of battles, the, using oh, the ash. Ah, the ash, the ash. Okay, so for me, when I was fighting the spear guy that I mentioned earlier, I tried to abuse the ash, but there were moments where like, but that the main character Sekiro would like throw the ash, but it would be way too short and the enemy would would you know just move a little bit to the left and he will not get stunned and it would be a waste because ash isn't something that you can buy uh from certain vendors i i think you can buy from from one vendor but i haven't encountered him yet Mm. so so like you really need to be careful with resource management and what you use on a certain boss you have to really commit to like knowing a boss and then being like okay I know how to beat him. I just need that extra push. So I'll, I'll use certain items to defeat him. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I've, I've used Ash in a lot of a lot of areas uh, yeah. where it can be very helpful. Yeah, it's a great tool. Uh, but for me, it can be a bit inconsistent because sometimes it, it, he'll like throw it too short. and it just Yeah, like, you throw it too short. It's <laughs> fucked. If you, if you wait, if you get too close to the person and throw it, he'll fuck you up. Yeah, and then you'll be stunned, and then you won't have enough time to react to what exactly you need to do. It's a it's a perfect you have to you have to time it perfectly, otherwise you're dead. It's a good balance because then people really can't abuse it to one hundred percent certainty and just right. be like, okay, I can just stun the boss. Yeah, yeah, no, you really need to time it well. You know, the ideal distance needs to be uh, acquired. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I, I I really think that uh, I'm going to enjoy Sekiro eventually. I'm just currently kind of balancing it between that and a game we will talk about uh, later, or rather on the next episode. But I'm balancing it between, uh, oh, fuck it, I'll say it, Destiny and, um, and, uh, Sekiro because uh, for some reason Sekiro I don't know why just frustrates me ever so do you find it <laughs> frustrating or do you find it daunting like in the sense of like not daunting okay. okay like I know I can kill the bull I know I can kill the fat fucking drunkard I know I could probably kill the next boss but um whether or not we whether or not I can time everything properly uh yeah it's just becomes a whole game i find like the fights in these in this game are a lot more fair in a way like in comparison to bloodborne i don't know why because like in bloodborne it's like the fucking boss can do crazy shit it's like the werewolf boss it's like okay you need to you know time this this bell thing or this music box perfectly so this guy freaks out you gotta hit him and hit him and then run and run and he's just gonna keep jumping on you and i don't i don't maybe i haven't gotten to a boss that's been crazy like that but i really like the deflection aspect there's like no deflection in uh bloodborne there i think there is but like since it's not at the forefront of the combat like there. I don't see many people even do that. They just dodge and just use OP items. Yeah, they dodge, they dodge, they shoot, and they and they strike. Yeah, so, I mean, 
Yeah. It, it happens from time to time. But as I was saying, uh, I've, I've been playing uh, this. I've been playing Sekiro. I've been playing uh, Destiny. And uh, I, I've been balancing in between that. But... So one more question before we yeah. move on. Uh, where do you think Sekiro might land uh, at the end of the year for you? Like, so far? I mean, so far, we haven't really played too many games this year, as you mentioned. But um, so far, top 10. <laughs> okay. Top 10. It's probably going to be number 10. But... Uh, so far, it's been pretty good. I mean, we have a lot of games to go. I could be wildly surprised by what I see this year. So, who knows? Yeah. But, as all good things do, we go from the solid state of games with Sekiro and Stadia is to come. We move into the rumors! The rumor mill started up, boys! This is our new segment where we go over things uh, in the gaming verse and the movie verse and the TV verse and all the verses of every song. And we talk about. Um, There's too many verses, Matt. Too many verses. Verses. Fight. Uh, we talk about all the uh, rumors that are taking place in the good world that we live in of nerddom uh so we did talk about a few things before we started the podcast and one of them was nintendo hat may very well uh have two new models coming out for the switch very very soon i would say they would announce them november uh no maybe maybe sooner like during the summer around e3 most likely um that makes sense yeah, because the rumor is that the Switch will, will now sort of like divide itself into two tiers. One is the more premium tier that is very similar to what we have now, except better screen, uh, better controllers. Uh, there was a certain like exploit that you could do with the original Switch that hackers could exploit and like screw you over uh, that they could remedy with an update and with the new hardware revision. Um, I don't know what else they could add to it. Like when I think about like what they can add to the switch, I really don't know. Maybe like a VR component. Uh, that's something they experimented with the Nintendo Labo. Mm. You know the cardboard construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, with VR, you could just put the put the VR headset made out of cardboard on and oh, switch, and then just play VR right there. Oh Jesus. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. You could, you could, because instead of snapping, like put it into a dock, but the dock is a headset. Oh my God. That would be fucking amazing. As long as I don't burn my retinas out, I think I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. So I could see Nintendo pursue VR with their premium uh, version of it. The cheaper alternative uh, is pretty much just a portable version of the switch that cannot be docked so yeah so imagine i can imagine that being just the switch that we have potentially a bit smaller and the joy cons cannot be maybe they can be removed uh i'm not sure if they're going to uh stick with the idea of you know being able to remove the joy cons from that cheaper version but think of like the nintendo 2ds 
where right. it was just like this one black, this sort of tall device that you really couldn't flip open uh, or close. And it looked more like a toy for a kid. So we could probably see something very similar to the 2DS with this cheaper Switch version, where it's only a portable version, and that's it. It cannot be docked. It cannot be connected to a TV. Maybe there's an option where you like connect the cable, and then you connect to the TV, and then you could play it through there. But again, I think when it comes to cost, I think they would rather forego that and have more people adopt uh, into the Switch platform that way. Watch the Switch have the best VR in gaming <laughs> thus far. It. I doubt it, but, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. I mean, Nintendo is a very innovative company, though it has backfired on them numerous times. Uh, I think it would be a shame if they were not if they were to forego that streak of creativity. Um, what's the next rumor? The next rumor I have, good sir. I mean, okay. Do you want to? Do you want to delve in? I'm going to give you options. Do you want to delve into magic? Do you want to delve under the sea and possibly into the skies, or do you want to dive into a book? Uh, what would we have here? <laughs> I feel like going on a vacation, so let's go under the sea and into the skies. Somewhere beyond the sea. There may or may not be a new Bioshock game on the horizon. Uh, I said vacation, not dystopian nightmare. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Um, yeah, so there may may not be a new Bioshock game on the horizon. I'm excited, but where the hell are we going to go now? We've been under the sea. We've been in the sky. I think the in the... I mean, I love the first... When I first played the first Bioshock, it was great. I went back to it. I had a hard time getting back into it, um, mainly because I'm a prude for for games that play mm-hmm. easily. Uh, it's not an easy game, but I was playing it hard. So, long story short, uh, played that. I never played the second one, and then I really, really liked um, uh, the whole world of Columbia. Uh, Columbia, yeah. Even though the ending was um, insane. Uh, but I, very interesting with the multiple lighthouse theory. So, and I never played any DLC for that. But yeah, I don't know where they would go. I mean, we have, we have. Is it just gonna put on normal ground? <laughs> it's like we, instead of instead of the uh, instead of the ocean, instead of um, oh, maybe we go to space. Uh, just even higher. Just keep going higher. Like what? Space horror? Like go go after the prey audience? Oh Jesus! Uh, possibly. I mean, I pray. think I because the one thing I'm not a big Bioshock fan, but the one thing that really intrigued me about that universe is just how it takes place in some very iconic time periods, where like the original the 20s, was. You got yeah, the you got the twenties, the thirties. Like not it's just really gone anywhere else. Like maybe they should do something like in the seventies or something, you know? Ooh, like a um, hippie dystopian world. Ooh, yeah, something like that. Um, Some ganja. Yeah, I'd be down with that. <laughs> um, but I think my the other thing regarding this rumor is that um, Ken Levine, which was the original creator of Bioshock, he's off doing his own thing. So 
I don't see him returning to do Bioshock because 2K owns the property, I believe. Right. So, yeah. So whoever is going to helm this Bioshock needs to have a pretty good pedigree to inspire confidence in the new project. Um, but yeah, I would be down with a new Bioshock. You know, just just straight up, just be like, okay, if they can captivate me with a new setting, um, then I could definitely be down to uh, playing it and maybe enjoying it. Yeah, I think I think that's the whole that's really the crux of a good Bioshock game. It's like giving giving us a world that is interesting and a story that can play in between that. They did perfectly with the first Bioshock, I think, especially with the would you kindly um, and the whole horror aspect of it. And then you get uh, Columbia, which is more or less a. I wouldn't say it's horror-esque. I mean, there's horror-esque bits. There's horror bits of it, but I wouldn't say what they're going for horror in that respect. I think they were going more for uh, an action that was placed with a racial uh, story in between and um, a lot of time paradox. More of an overall, like, what is Bioshock? Mm -hmm. Um, And opening it up for a variety of things. And even though I don't like the ending, I still commend their ambition for 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 going for that. You know, it's yeah, it's intriguing to say the least. Um, but yeah, um, the one thing again, I'm not saying that the rumor is false. I just hope that if this is true, but they still haven't decided to really like you know flick the switch on, and be like, okay, we're gonna go ahead and do it. I hope there's no like skepticism behind the publisher regarding first person single player type games because you had the recent Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, you've had Metro, um, who have performed okay sales wise. <clears throat> so when it comes to like single player first person shooter games, I hope they're not too cautious regarding that. Um and I hope they kind of just go for it because, you know, single player games can still do very well. I mean, the new God of War is a testament to that. So goddamn right. Uh, yeah, I think that's about all we could talk, talk about for that since we don't really have much information, but look on the horizon, for a new Bioshock game. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce it at E3. Um, so the next one I will pick. Good, sir. And this has been, I mean, there was something that was leaked a while ago um, in regards to it. I personally just watched uh, the Fantastic Beasts and uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald this weekend. It wasn't that horrible. Uh, It was quite horrible. It was a bit horrible, but it wasn't (laughs) that horrible. I mean, Johnny Depp fucking blew it. But... uh, Long story short, uh, there's a new Harry Potter game, and I think we're going to get an action, hopefully, fingers crossed, if we find anything else out about it, it's going to be at E3, and I would be excited about that, um, mainly because it shows you could do death curses, and if they really flesh it out properly and make it a good, like, you can explore the Harry Potter world instead of just Hogwarts, um, I think they could do really well with it. And I personally, like, the last Harry Potter game I played was right before they got really, really, really shitty. Like, with the, the, the um, what was that stupid Xbox 360 uh, camera? What was it called? It was the... Connect? 
The Connect. Thank you. God damn. The fucking Harry Potter Connect games. I mean, look up the Angry Joe r- rants on that. Four hours. Fucking classic. Um, but the last Harry Potter game I played was the one. It was the wasn't the Deathly Hallows. What was the one that came right? Order of the Phoenix. I think it was the one I played. Uh, I don't know how much you like Harry Potter, Stephen, but um, the last Harry Potter game I played was for the first PlayStation. Oh Jesus! You played. You played. You played Harry Potter and these. Uh, I was gonna say I, Philosopher's Stone, but it's the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, it's the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, that God was damn the first son. one. Yeah, that was the last one I played too. So Jesus, oh God. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed. You know, I, I enjoyed the Harry Potter, what they can do with it. It's, I mean, it's like Star Wars, it, 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 but with wands, and that's pretty much the difference. Um, and not space. <laughs> it takes space, turn it to magic, and there you go. Uh, but space yeah, magic. Space magic, but no space. Just magic and brooms. <laughs> uh, what, what, what would you say about this game, Stephen? Well, based off of, like, I know some footage leaked, before the game awards this rumor has been going on for a while but based off the footage like i kind of really liked the physics when he like was able to like levitate some crumbled pieces of the wall and just make like a little shield or something like just to reform the wall uh the enemy he fought uh graphically it, it looked very impressive just based off of the off camera footage um, so I'm partially excited for it. Uh, I don't know if, yeah, E3 would be the ideal time to announce mm-hmm. it. Warner Brothers has what Mortal Kombat 11. I don't know if they're publishing Cyberpunk. I think that was only for The Witcher. Um, what else do they have? Uh, the Rocksteady Studios game that we still don't know much about. Right. Well, Mortal Kombat 11 is going to be up before. E3. Oh yeah, 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 for certain. But like, just their current slate, trying to get like an overhead view of right. like what's coming and fighters and shit. And because like, what the current zeitgeist of Harry Potter is still pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it does make sense to come out with one in the next year or so. And they're gonna make fucking what five or six, uh, Fantastic Beasts movies jesus Christ. like what get the fuck out of here are you kidding me like i i watched the first one and the second i was like they could do one more no they're gonna make fuck it they're gonna ride this out like the fucking hobbit films it's gonna be horrible um or maybe they'll pull, pull it back who knows but colin farrell was snubbed as grindelwald so that's great Like, again, it will make money regardless, but I think Mm -hmm. the last thing they need is for the Fantastic Beasts to pretty much embody what the prequel Star Wars trilogy was to the original. Yeah. Well, enough of that magic foolery. And on to something... Oh, wait, fuck. It's Fable. Um... (laughs) The last good Fable game I played was Fable 2, and that's not saying a lot. Uh... I enjoyed Fable 2 a lot, but um, apparently there might be a Fable 4 coming out. I played Fable 3, never really played the first one, which is probably a cardinal sin of a Fable fan. Um, 
but yeah, uh, Fable Four, the last game took you. Uh, you could rule a kingdom, and there was a darkness coming, and it was really freaking fucking creepy. This whole area you go through in the desert. Uh, I kind of actually, it was kind of a. I kind of liked the game a bit, but it wasn't nearly as good as Fable Two, which put you in kind of a revenge story where you're trying to revenge your uh, your sister from dying, I believe. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be down to see another Fable game with updated graphics and uh, fuck it, give it to the PlayStation as well. Um, I doubt it. I'll, I'll take the Switch as, as, as a consolation. I doubt it. <laughs> I'll take anything at this point. Um, Google Stadia. Google Stadia. Yeah, there's a platform for you. Uh, come see the uh, Fable game no one wanted. <laughs> I mean... I really can't speak much about Fable since I really haven't played either. Um, you haven't played any of them? Ooh. No, no, I, I, no, I haven't. Um, Second game has a tearjerker. It's not a spoiler to say that the dog gets shot. Your, your, your <laughs> I did hear about that. So yeah. t- oh, dude, it's so sad. The dog takes a bullet for you. And then, of course, people were like, fucking, you killed our dog, you fucks. I, who creates it? Lionhead Studios? Yes, but fucking lion-headed now. fucks. Yeah, but now they're defunct. They don't exist anymore. Who's going to create this new Fable game? That's um, a great question. Fuck if I know. CD Projekt Red. Let's do it. No, <laughs> Geralt they're... chops the Fable kid's head off and just fucking end game. <laughs> Not to demean Fable, but Cyberpunk is just infinitely more interesting than Fable. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. super excited. Super excited for that game. Uh, yeah. But not to steer too far, of course. Uh, I don't know who the fuck would make it. I don't even know who owns it currently. Well, um, Microsoft owns the property. They have a bunch of They have Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, it's just laying there idly by. But long story short, um, I'd be excited to see a new Fable game if they get it properly and not fuck it up. Uh, and I don't know, make it an open world game or something. Like it was very linear in the previous two games, and we could see what open world does for games. Uh, not that not that Zelda needed any help, um, but I it made it that much I, better. Yeah, I I think there is like an opening for a linear Western RPG because you know you have Bioware, but they're off the you know pursuing a different path with Anthem and. They're making Dragon Age 4, but we don't know what the fruit of that labor is going to, you know, turn out to be. Um, so I think Fable fits in the ecosystem we have right now when it comes to genres. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely suggest Microsoft to commit to another Fable. Put a spin on it, if need be. Yeah, that would be definitely interesting. Okay, so... Now that we've talked about Fable, we've talked about all the stuff that we pretty much could expect to come from games. Uh, this next one is going to take us into uncharted territory. And that's not a pun because it's not we're not talking about uncharted. We're going to talk about a writer, a man, a large man who needs to fucking finish his book series. Uh, and apparently he may or may not. It is unknown. It's a two super rumor that Stephen told me today. I'm going to let Stephen present it. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, we've been we talked about Sekiro. We 
I love that game. You like it. I, I love it. I like it. I hate okay. it. It's all, no. it's all no, a hate relationship. It's all the same to you. Um, apparently, from software, it's developing a open world kingdom fantasy, maybe? Based game produced by Namco, who uh, published the original uh, Dark Souls trilogy. And the writer is none other than mm-hmm. George R.R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be thinking, mm-hmm. well, shit, where's the connection? Where is the glue that connects these two powerhouses mm-hmm. together? Well, apparently, based off of, of a tidbit of the rumor, when George R. R. Martin worked on The Expanse, one of the writers of The Expanse, I think is connected to from software in some capacity and i think sort of you know told martin about hey you know they're making this new thing would you like to you know come in maybe apply some input or advice we don't know exactly what role martin will have in this new from software title but the idea that's based off of like kingdoms that you travel in this open world and you defeat a boss in each kingdom to acquire their powers and become more powerful akin to like Mega Man uh, I think is very intriguing to me. Akin to like Sekiro almost. I mean you get a fucking new thing every time you defeat a boss right? No the prosthetic tools you get you get just by looking into certain areas of the game Uh. You, you might have to defeat a boss to access that item but the boss never drops it or it's not thematically connected to that boss. True. Yeah, that's so, right. So for this new game, it could be like, oh, you fight against ghost boss and if you kill him, then you can maybe become a ghost or use powers of apparition or something. I yes. mean, they could do some really cool things if they're basing their blueprint off of Mega Man um, when it comes to like the powers you unlock. But yeah, I mean, from software game with some of the writings of George R. R. Martin. I mean, bananas. That, that is a, that's quite the unlikely pairing, but it also has a bunch of potential. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. It, it um, also kind of makes sense because it, it also makes sense because from software and Miyazaki, by extension, is known for their. Uh, for their background environmental storytelling and their lore. And I feel like George R. R. Martin with his, you know, a song of fire and ice books, he really nails that environmental storytelling as well. So maybe that's another added bonus to that potential partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would definitely want to see this game to fruition. I mean, we're years out from probably whenever the fuck it would ever take place because we know George R. R. Martin fucking takes forever to write, number one. Number two, um, yeah, it, it would be, it, I mean, this is just a complete rumor. We don't even know, can't verify any of it. So no idea, but uh, I think it'd be a cool idea to definitely play that game. And all that stuff. So, yeah. So, we're going to take this new conversation 
from we we started with George R. R. Martin. We're going to continue it and finish it with George R. R. Martin because now we're going to move our segment into the tinfoil hat territory. Yes, Mister Knight, Mister Dracula. We are moving it into the ter- territory of Game of Thrones because, of course, it is April first, and that's not a spoiler. I guess is that giving away too much what date is? <laughs> How long it's been since we uploaded an episode, but. Uh, it is April 1st and ladies and gentlemen I could think nothing better than to talk about Game of Thrones and how it will all end but first Stephen I may be I may from time to time not know the names of things but I I do need to ask you uh, we're going to do a quick little game okay you like games Uh, yeah yeah sure this is the name that character game uh, for Game of Thrones, because goddamn, you don't know a single fucking name of any of these characters. Oh god, just bring up the game over screen while we're at it. <laughs> Death. Um, <laughs> this is more challenging than Sekiro. Yes. Okay, so you will get one point if you can get the name correct. Um, you will get two points if you can name the actress or actor what? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bonus point you don't actually have to get that <laughs> but uh yeah you suck at names you could suck at two names at the same time all right so i'm gonna give you some softball ones okay i'm gonna use uh non i'm gonna use kind of descript it's kind of descriptive uh terms that are kind of crass to describe these characters okay all right should be easy in the beginning I'm the god of tits and wine. The god of tits and wine? Um, Maybe that's too, too confusing. I'm a little bit short on time. I'm a little bit short on time. The character's short. Oh, uh, Tyrion. Okay, thank fuck. Maybe yeah, that was a bit that was a bit nondescript. <laughs> All right, uh, really, really tall, big, strong man. There's a, I mean, the mountain, the mountain, right? What's his name? Ah, oh, shit! I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a last name. The mountain. What? What other name do you need? His name is Gregor Coglane, and you get no points for that, sir. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, um, how do you how do you say this? Mince meat half of his face. Mince meat half of. I will give you half a point for his nickname. Um, he's the Hound. Yes. Okay. Um, he's the brother of the mountain. Correct. Well, that okay. It's still half a point. No, I know, but I'm just yes, gonna, his last name would be Clegane. Oh, for fuck's sake! How did you get the last name? Fucking the mountain, but <laughs> there was no connection. You got. No- oh my god! I will give you one more clue to his name. Okay. Enchantment. You know what that's from. <sighs> What's the name of the character? You don't even remember the name of the character. That is it, Sandal. (laughs) Sandal said it, but that's not his name. 
Oh fuck Jesus Christ. His name's Sandor Clegane. It's the <sighs> it's the hound. I'll give you half a point. So we got we got half a point. Ladies and gentlemen, you will see exactly how hard this gets for him. Okay. So um Blonde Dragon Lady. Daenerys Targaryen. For fuck's sake. Okay, good. I, I was hoping. Okay. Uh how about someone a little bit more difficult? Uh not a main character necessarily. Okay. Um, really big asshole that flays people, but it's the sun. Um, fuck, fuck. Um, ah, shit. What was his name? You can see his face, his little fucking hobbit face. Something worm. (laughs) Uh, no, no. that's that's Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. Oh, I don't know. It's Ramsey Bolton. Ah, oh, Ramsey. Okay. I mean, I have a list in front of me, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little bit cheated because I, could, I couldn't remember. Uh, okay. Okay, fine. This, this should be really easy for you. Uh, big Samoan man that rides a horse. Oh my God, Steven. Oh my God. How do you not know this it's character? Aquaman. Give me exactly. the point. <laughs> no point for Aquaman. You don't know the actor's name? At least. God. Oh, sweet Jesus, Steven. Do you know his, like, I'll Jason, take his. It's, it's Jason Momoa. It's. Okay, um, you get a half a point for that. I know, but. Oh, what was his name? Come on. I will, I will take a, the last part of his name. You don't even have to get his title. Dothraki, right? Okay, that's just no. That doesn't count. Oh. That's his, that's his, that's, that's who the, he's a part of. That's the race, right? Or? Well, yeah, kind of. Okay. It's a group. All right, what's the name? Cal Drogo. Fucking un. That's your despicable. <sighs> like, uh, okay. Red like Witch a- Lady. Melisandre? Good, I will take that. Bumps you up to three points. Okay. The only true son... The true son of... Um, oh, fuck. I can't remember his name either. <laughs> oh. Minus one point for the host. Uh, shut up. Uh, uh, King Baratheon's true son. Uh, the one that is like living as a swordsmith and yep. uh, Gendry. I'll take the mispronunciation of Gendry. Gendry. Sure. There you go. That pops you up to four. All right. The man who dies all the time in every single fucking movie. Um, Ned Stark. Okay. What's his full name? Wait, his full full name? It's Ned is a nickname. I don't know for his full name, which is I'll give you the fucking point. Eddard Stark. Eddard. Okay. Eddard. Uh, crippled boy. Uh, oh my god! He's the most hated character for you, and you can't remember your most hated character. Are you fucking Bram, kidding? Bram Thank Stark? fuck. Thank fuck for that. Okay. We're at six. Uh, 
I really wish we could get someone else in here to fight you on this. Uh, Mr. Scaly. Last season, he was Scaly. Yeah. Um, the one who got rejected. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Friendzone. <laughs> I don't know. Give it to me. Jora Mormont. <sighs> Jora. What's his nat- What's his dad's name? I don't know. The Night's Watch captain. I don't know. Jay oh, Marmont. Mm. Oh, I okay. know that he died. Yep. For everyone you get wrong, I'm going to take away a point from now. Uh, okay. Changing Red the rules by the fly. I'm the fucking king. Uh, bow your shits. Oh, um, fuck the king. Who said that line? <laughs> the hound. Ah, fuck you. That doesn't count. Uh, okay. Um, Redbeard. Tormen? What's his last name? Uh, I don't know. Tormen Giant Spain. I'll give you half a point for that. Okay. Redhead. Not a witch. Wildling. Uh, shit, what's her name? Does it start with an L? Starts with a Y. Egret. God damn it. I, I just gave you too much. Uh, okay, it's seven and a half. All right. Um, ah. The woman who spends time with the dragon lady. Uh, no dicks. I know who you're talking that. about. I don't know. Missande. Ah, oh, god damn it. What about the boy king who killed himself? Oh. So you're down to six and a half, by the way, for fucking up that last one. <laughs> we'll stop in a moment. But because we have more pressing issues to go through. No, I have Bye-bye. no idea. I have no idea. Tom and Baratheon. Ah, I knew it started with a T. God damn it. Okay, what about the faceless man himself? <laughs> this is actually a really hard name. <laughs> I, I, just just end it. Jacanagar. <laughs> okay, you'll have to test me next time. Sounds uh, like a pirate name. Yeah, it is kind of. He kind of is a. He's kind of looks like a pirate. Um. Cetus was made. Um, okay. Yes. So that'll do about that enough of that bullshit. But yeah, that just, just gives you a basis line of what we're talking about. So Steven didn't enjoy the last season um, as much as I did of Game of Thrones, but uh, we both have watched it and we're going to go through a few things here. Okay. Who do you think will be ruling the seven kingdoms at the end of it all? Um... Hmm. And why? Hmm. I'm going to say Gendry. Uh, Gendry, rather. Okay. Gendry. Yeah, Gendry. Do you want to know who I think... Oh, and you want to know why? Why? Because I think the obvious ones that we think that we root for that should take the throne are not going to take the throne. Okay. Do you think they're going to die instead of taking the throne? I think Jon Snow and Daenerys will die. Ooh. 
Both of them. Yes. Both. Okay. And the reason why I think is because I think they're going to defeat the White Walkers uh, with the help of her dragons, but I think that there's going to be this sort of pushback regarding, hey, we can't have these dragons flying around. And they are the embodiment of chaos. They could, like, you know, basically just disrupt the world order. So there's going to be pushback. Maybe it might come from Cersei or some other faction um, of Westeros. But I think that the fact that she doesn't want to lay down her dragons um, is going to be a major problem. And I think you're going to see a lot of background uh, maneuvering regarding potentially killing Daenerys as a result. Mm. I think she poses too much of a threat to to certain factions and uh, that's the reason why she's going to die and in retrospect John is going to try and stop it but he's going to fail. I don't know who does it but I think I think that's going to be the key. I think both of them will die. It will be very similar to how um, Jon Snow's brother... Uh, Rob. Rob. Uh, Man, the fucking yeah. horrible memory. But okay. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> um, basically just, you know, decided to marry someone that he wasn't betrothed to. Uh, and that fucked him up. And I think something similar is going to happen for this final season with Jon and uh, Daenerys. Hmm. Interesting. I think, uh, I think either Tyrion will end up on the throne or it will be, um, it's either going to be Tyrion or Samwell ends up on the throne. Samwell? Black, uh, black. What makes you say fuck? Yeah, I know who. I I know who. But like, why do you think he'll be on the throne? Uh, or he'll be hand of the king. He won't be on the throne. But it'll be. Uh, why do I think him on the throne? Because he's probably going to bring a level of benevolence to the uh, the seven kingdoms. Um, but long story short, maybe maybe not. Maybe not Samuel. Samuel might be the hand of the king. But it's going to be Tyrion. I think it'd be Tyrion on the throne with Samuel as his. Uh, is hand of the king right okay what what makes you think Tyrion is going to take the throne is he just going to be like the last one standing uh he's going to be one of the last ones standing um i fucking hope so i mean he's george r, r. martin's favorite character so either he gives him a badass send-off or he survives um but yeah <laughs> I don't have any rhyme or reason to buy I just, that's what I want to see. Um, I don't think, I think Jon Snow and Daenerys, I, I don't think both of them will die. Okay. But I don't think Jon Snow will want the throne. And so he's going to give it to someone who's right and just in the world. And I think he's going to give it to Tyrion. Um, He's going to abdicate the throne, as it were. 
Uh, so yeah, Jon Snow lives. Daenerys becomes a White Walker. Um, nah, I. And they get married to what? broker a peace between the White Walkers and humans. Wow. Okay. That's that's my take. It might be a spoiler because I might know some inside knowledge. Um, I don't know inside knowledge. I I, I have, I've read things that people have su- suggested. Um, like like, like what that. you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, that's a possibility. And the dragons will end up killing each other. Uh, does one become another White Walker dragon? That's mm-hmm. is that how it works? Or no, I feel like. One of them dies and is not able to be resurrected because a f- fucking, I don't know, falls into the ocean or whatever after it's speared by the, uh, by Mr. 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 Cold Hands, Mr. 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 Ice, Mr. Freeze. Um, Wait, so the dragons are not going to kill each other. They're just both yeah. going to die. So Viserion's the one that's a White Walker dragon, right? Correct. And there's two. We have more. Drogon. And then we have Rhaegal. Or Rhaegon or Rapidash. I don't remember his name. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other one that's not Drogon is to die. And Viserion and Drogon are going to have a head to head and actually just kill each other. Um, what, what By what means, I don't know. Okay. And I think Jon Snow's going to ride Drogon at some point. Or he's going to ride a dragon. I don't, I don't know which, but... That would make sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, the budget of the final season, just for it being only six episodes, it's going to be a massive within yeah. the CGI department. So, Who do you think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Who do you think is going to die in the first episode? Who's going to be the first big name? The first casualty? The first big name. First episode. First episode. Let's make a bet. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Wait, you want to make a bet? What does the no, bet no, 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 Not like a money bet. Not you fucking You want a bet? Okay. Gambleholic. There's no, this is, this is a gentleman's wager. Gentleman's wager. What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet? I want to bet absolutely nothing air and possibly my mind. <laughs> um, Be careful. The first, the first death in my opinion, is going to be someone who's at the wall. Uh, I think it's going to be Tormund Giantsbane. He, he's going to probably die first. Yeah, that is a fair prediction. Um, uh, I will give you a hint as to who else is at the wall currently with him. I think it's... Uh, Eric Dondarian, the guy with the eye patch. I couldn't remember his name earlier. Oh. Is, is he the one that leads that cult of knights? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. Hmm. Who would die in the first episode? You think So first person to die, not just whoever dies in the first episode. Oh, okay. So this is just general. The first person of big budget value to die. And we're talking like main character status. Hmm. Like Varys counts as a main character in this. Yeah, I think most of the Starks are safe. Um, 
Most of the Starks are dead. <laughs> the ones that are alive, I think, are safe for now. Oh, okay. Um, I wonder when the White Walkers are going to attack. Is that possible in the first episode? Uh, what, when the White Walkers are going to what? Attack Winterfell. I, I think I think it happens in the logic. second episode. Yeah. Hmm. That big battle happens probably in the second episode. I think the first episode would be like uh, the end of the first episode would probably be like there's shit gonna go down. Um, right. The build up to the yeah like, yeah they're not know. they're not gonna unleash all their all their jism in the first uh, first episode. I think. Because there's got to be a lot of bouncing around. It's going to be like, you have to go check out what the Golden Company's doing. Check out what, like, the, yeah, what, what, uh, Greyjoy, okay. the asshole Greyjoy. Okay. I, I, I think your first prediction will probably be more right than mine, but mine is, um, what's his name? The scaly dude. The one who. I think Jorah Mormont will die first. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm going to give you a hint. To that it's not probably going to happen because Jorah Mormont is at the Battle of Winterfell. Okay. Which is the big scene this season. And he's in, in the trailer, you see a lineup and you see Brienne of Tarth, you see Jorah Mormont, you see, I think, Braun? No, you don't see Braun. Uh, you see, I think, uh, Brienne of Tarth's uh, little buddy friend. I can't remember it, but uh, uh, Pod, Podrick. Pod, yeah. I think he's there. Um, I, yeah, I see. You see those characters. I don't think you see anybody else. But yeah, Pure Mormont's in a in a big fight. If that's the first, what if they lined? What if they fucking made that the first scene, and then like, like cut it right before and it kind of says five days later, five days earlier, <laughs> like they did a time jump. No, that'd be stupid. But. Oh, um, yeah, I Jorah Mormont's a good 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 pick, but I don't think he's gonna die first. Okay. Well I'm I think he'll be one of the first ones. Uh whether or not he's the first one to die, probably not. But I just think they need to cut him out so that there's some more em- emotional tension between him and Daenerys and then between Jon Snow. The love triangle conundrum. Right. So I think that could yeah, who's going to be the saddest death in your opinion? Um, I I I definitely know who the saddest probably will be. Tyrion. Ooh, you think Tyrion's going to die? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get get definitely Tyrion is a is a is a is a solid solid pick. Um, Tyrion, in my opinion, would be sad. Very fucking sad. I think. Uh, a very fucking sad death would be Jamie Lannister. Okay. I don't have as much... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. I don't have as much reverence uh, for him as a character, but I could definitely understand like how his death would play out. Doesn't he have a thing with uh, Brienne of Tar? Uh, kind of a little. It's more... uh, I I would say uh, Redbeard has more thing with Brienne of Tarth. Um, that that's like a love, a, mis- a disconnected love. I think Jamie Lannister is the love that cannot be, the love that cannot be, 
and uh, Tormund Giants Bane is the love that must be because, god damn it, I want I, I want to see uh, Brienne. Brienne's probably going to die too. I, if you've read the books, you know what I speak of. But um, long story short, I think Brienne's going to die. But long story short, saddest death for me, Jamie Lannister. Saddest death for you, Tyrion. Yep. Most satisfying death. Most satisfying. There's really like two or three that can be most satisfying. Um... Satisfying. I guess Cersei. Cersei? I think that's not going to be a satisfying death. I don't know if she will die. <laughs> that would be... Uh, I, I would love to see her die, but I feel like she, at, by the end of it all, she may still live. Somehow. Like, Maybe. just from, from like like... It's like just saying, get the fuck out of this kingdom. Don't come back. Um, that's a fucking White Walker man is not on the throne at the end of it. But uh, yeah, Cersei, I could see. Okay, you say Cersei. Okay. Cersei yeah, cause, satisfying. Because like the Night King, I mean. He's more of a. Yeah, he's more of a. Figure than anything. Yeah, he's more of represents a force something. of nature. Yeah. Uh, satisfying death, Bran Stark. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, uh, we can get, yeah, satisfying death. Hmm. So the context between satisfying death is someone you are hoping dies and like you kind of feel great when. Right, happens. right. Oh. It's going to be like, fuck yes. Um, kind of like. Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Ramsey's a good one. Uh I kind of felt sad for uh for uh Fuckstick the King. What's his name? Fuckstick. Joffrey. Joffrey Baratheon. Joffrey? I kind of felt bad. Like that was like uh, like oh, oh hell. Maybe not that way. No. <laughs> you were like choke bitch. Choke <laughs> on it. Choke on it. Exactly. <laughs> Satisfying death. Um yeah, I don't know if he can beat Cersei if it was to happen. But if it wasn't going to happen, I think most satisfying death for me might be um ha. Oh. Uh fuck sti- fuck stick squid guy. Um uh oh the yeah, the the uncle of uh yeah. Theon. Theon's Dion. uncle. Uh, it's it's his name is. Um, he wanted to marry Cersei. Right. Yeah. I fuck. He has no redeeming quality. No. No. He's a fucking asshole. He. <laughs> I want to see him die. He's um, like Ramsay, except less sophisticated. Yeah. What the fuck is uh his name? It's not Balon Greyjoy because that was his father. Something Greyjoy. I can't remember. Um, to my world. Asshole Greyjoy and gives me, come on, <laughs> show me the money. Euron. There we go. 
Euron. That sounds like a penis disease. Uh, Euron Greyjoy. Euron Greyjoy. That's my most satisfying death. Now, most satisfying combat between two characters. Mm. It could be like a knife, like stabbing, like fuck you. Like Easy. something sneaky. The mountain versus the hound. That's my goddamn right. On the horns. Like I could say, oh, it's gonna be I can but like we almost had that and it, it it just I don't know. Yeah, they they were they teased it like a motherfucker. It's like he walks up and he's like It's gonna happen between us. This is for my girlfriend's pet dragon. <laughs> Sandark game was never the boyfriend of Daenerys. No, I'm talking about John versus Night King Kill will take oh. command of, you know. I think that will be a satisfying fight as well, but I think people have been waiting. We're, we know that one's coming. We don't. Uh, I, I I want I want the Hound versus the Mountain. He teased it in season. They had it a little bit in season one, but we need a definitive. Um, yeah, we both say Hound. We both say Kilgain Bowl. Where's now, the Hound right now, as it stands? I don't fucking know. Let me think. He was he was in the north when the dragons thing happened. Is he at the wall? No, he marched with uh he marched with Jon Snow down to Winter Winterfell. Oh, okay. I think. I think. I would imagine that's what what the case is. Um I don't think he's at the wall. No. It wasn't no. that last scene. It was at the last, at the last scene it was Tormund. It was Tormund and it was uh one other person, Mr. Eyepatch. Um Yeah. Uh, okay. Now here comes another question. All right. Um, I completely blanked on what I was going to say, but yeah, yeah. Biggest fight. Definitely. Uh, Clegane bowl. Where was I going to go after that? I don't know. Um, but maybe I'll come back to it. Uh, what about, what do we think? will happen um who who's gonna who's gonna be the biggest what's gonna be the biggest twist this season there's don't fucking see coming there's going to be i think there's gonna be okay i think there's a upcoming twist that has the potential to be better than the red wedding if they execute it poorly, though, people are going to hate it. So we're talking about the Cersei Tyrion cutoff scene, right? The cutoff scene? Yeah. yeah where, they're, yeah. where they're talking and then he's like, are you pregnant? And then all that. And then it mysteriously just cuts off and it goes yeah. to Daenerys and Jon Snow talking. It's like, what fucking happened there that made her? Yes, I'm talking about that. Yeah. What the fuck was that? What do you think? Like, I feel that I feel like as beloved a character Tyrion is, people should not put their trust in him. That's how oh that's gonna be the biggest twist in the end, final season. Tyrion is actually a bad guy and he does yeah. something horrible and unredeemable and therefore he must die. <laughs> Kinda like George R. R. Martin. Um <laughs> Yep. Oh dude. 
what it, it would it would fit his mantra, you know. You know, that's his favorite character. Kills him off, but in a way that really he takes the character you love them. He, I mean, he took a character we hated the most, which was fucking Jamie Lannister, and turned him into like a, a redeemed character. Well, that he could take the best of us and turn him into the Dark Knight. Roll credits. I mean, <laughs> I could totally see that. Like a beloved character, fucking beloved, and turn him just turn him on his head. Now, what do we think? Why? Why? What's his motivation? I'm just going to go back to my preceding point about he fears what the dragons represent. Hmm. I don't think I don't think at first he commits the betrayal out of malice per se, but more as a cautionary. Hey, I need to present to Daenerys, hey, those dragons are going to be a problem down the road. You need to off them off. Like, just complete, like, I don't know. He, he, he sets the ultimatum, or he does it by proxy through someone else. And I think she's not going to take it lightly, and something happens to her. And then, since Jon Snow is romantically involved, he also gets into it, and you can fill in the blanks of, of what might happen. Mm. But that's that's my prediction. Because at the end of the day, Tyrion is a kind of connects the dots of so many events and characters. And he just wants a world to just be peaceful for once, like just to calm the hell down, you know, Westeros. Like once this White Walker threat is over, we don't need another looming threat like the dragons to, you know, bring about another age of, you know, terror. Hmm. And I think they're going to, or if the writers do a good job, they're going to make sure that we feel sympathy for why he commits. It won't be clear and cut. It won't be crystal clear. It'll be muddy. I mean, it could be, um, but I hope there's enough room for there to be at least some sympathy. But on the other hand, if they can make us hate the character even more, in a way that we didn't think was possible, then that could also be a benefit to the show. But again, it's all about execution. <clears throat> yeah. Definitely feel that too. What about you? What's going to be the twist? Oh, I mean, I, I was agreeing with you when I, when I said it. That is the biggest twist. Um, yeah, I feel like the Cersei twist is going to be the biggest twist overall. The biggest thing is going to be like, what the fuck even is going to be the ending? It has to be. Um, I mean, they fucking filmed three different endings to keep it a secret. I don't think it's going to be like a revelation. Like, oh, I feel like maybe a bigger twist might be the motivation behind. We might find out the motivation behind the White Walkers. Like what their actual goal is, because I I get the whole destruction and fucking takeover. Okay, there's I feel like there's something more. I feel like what if it was just they wanted to destroy the Iron Throne? That what if that was the whole goal? I mean, that, that sounds stupid. It sounds stupid. But what if it was because it was Valyrian steel and they saw it as the only viable threat left in the entire um entire world for them and, the, and them as a people. 
And so they wanted to destroy the Iron Throne. But in order to get to the Iron Throne, they had to build this massive fucking army to get there. They had needed to get the dragon. They needed to get a huge army to attack the people that would bring the dragon. Then would they would kill the dragon, take the dragon, burn down the fucking wall in order for them to pass the wall, and then get to King's Landing in order to uh in order to inevitably take over and but destroy the uh iron throne which would be the most ironic thing in the entire uh one of the most ironic things in the entire um show they, they that's the whole goal of the white walkers is to destroy the throne but um so the throne is made up of valerian uh, steel blades right um What is such a threat about that? I don't know. <laughs> that's like, that's how I don't connect the dots. Like it's a, a premise. It could be built upon something. Um, but I don't exactly know. Cause Valerian's maybe it's says, a thing I that guess. created the curse of why they are what they are. Okay. Um, maybe that's like, maybe the, in order to like, stop the curse of the white walkers maybe there's some deeper thing i could be overthinking it but there's i feel like there's there's got to be a, some motivation the mo my, my my twist is whatever the motivation of the white walkers is and if it's just destruction okay i'll accept that but i feel like there's more okay uh by extension would you rather have an ending that answers everything like how you mentioned where everything is neatly tied in the bow or would you rather have a vague ending that promoted uh, speculation? I prefer vague endings. Okay. I don't need a clean cut answer to why they do what they do. Maybe a couple of head nods like, okay, maybe think this direction. Maybe think that direction. Okay, I'll oh. take that. Um, but so, yeah. Sort of implied, mm -hmm. if anything. Okay. Now I have one more question. And I think this will be the last one unless you have something else you want to bring up. No, no, that's it for me. What's the question? Hello? Yeah, hello? Okay, sorry. I think we got a little disconnected. I can edit that out in post. Um, <clears throat> my question was, who said burn them all? Because it's hinted that the mad king had mad ravings of voices in his head. Uh -huh. We know what happens with Hodor and how he becomes Hodor. I think the same thing happens with the mad king, which sets all this shit off. The whole shit. Because he's the main reason they're fucking war. And then that starts the whole rebellion, and that brings upon all this shit. Right? Right. Who says the first burn them all because the Hodor thing was uh, Jojen Reed's I forgot Myrna Reed or the sister of Jojen the sister yelling back to Hodor hold the door mm -hmm. but then it got mixed down to um, Hodor through, Hodor, through mm -hmm. Bran's vision so Bran's vision is going to take place so Bran's not going to be able to say burn them all okay okay who shots burn them all I think it's got to be someone ironic like who? Uh, I 
I think for it to make sense, Jamie Lannister has to be the one that shouts, burn them all. Closing the circle. Because <laughs> he's the one who kills the person who says burn them all. But right, then in the end, him. he's the force that created the Mad King saying burn them all. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good choice. I've had that floating around my head for a long time. <laughs> so Jamie would say that when they're about to win at the Battle of Winterfell. Uh, I think it's if they're they're battered down and like, like I think like I don't even think it's gonna be the Battle of Winterfell. I think it's gonna be the Battle of the um, King's Landing. You think the White Walkers will go all the way to King's Landing? Um, I don't think it's gonna be the White Walkers necessarily. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be something I I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I feel like the White Walkers uh, it's going to be involving the White Walkers and Jamie Lannister and Bran eventually and he's going to say burn them all. And I don't know how it's going to work. Dragons possibly. <laughs> Most likely. But yeah. Who do you think is going to say burn them all? Um, Daenerys. Okay. It's, it, yeah, it seems like the more obvious choice. Burn them all, you know, dragons. Yeah. But yeah, that, that would be, that would be my pick. And she's connected to the Mad King, right? She's the, she's the, the niece. Right. Of the Mad King. Yeah. Cause the brother of the Mad King was her father. Yeah. Um, so, Going back to that conversation about Tyrion being afraid of her dragons, I think they're going to prop her up as a potential Mad King uh, successor. <clears throat> and that's when they're like, okay, we cannot have another Mad King. Like, you know, she represents that. So her saying that could tie back to that. Hmm. I think uh, I think it could fit. I see. I actually do have one more question for you, Stephen. This is more pointed to you. Okay. And this is very spoilers for the last season, but we pretty much just spoiled night. Uh, is Littlefinger actually dead? Considering that they only have six episodes left, I think they have enough. I don't think they have enough room to add him back. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, I currently think he's dead. However, there is like some stipulation that, oh, the person you talked to is, he's a faceless man. He's a, and yes, sure. Keep it for the books. Uh, but I think if they did that, it would, it would have to be a crazy ass fucking twist. Crazy ass twist that happens. It'd be cool because then it could tie back to my initial thought behind the puppeteers of this whole warring factions for the Iron Throne would be, which would be him versus, um, the spider, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the spider's name? Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Varys. There you go. Varys. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, again, I, I disliked the last season quite a bit. Uh, but I still have faith that they can redeem some of the problems 
but again, it's just going to amount to like what makes sense, how true to the vision that George R. R. Martin has laid for them. Um, and again, we haven't really seen a, this conundrum of like a TV show that is based on the books is actually going to finish before the books are complete. Right. So, yeah, that's a, it's a bit of a pain and going back full circle. It's Mr. George R. R. Martin, who's going to probably be writing for a game and that will, that will send the fucking Game of Thrones people into a spiral and it will be no bueno for Mr. George R. R. Martin. To cap it all off. When do you think the Winds of Winter will release? Ooh. 2021. Okay. That's a good I thing. think he'll I think he'll release it at the same time. Winds of Winter and Hope for Spring, same time. Really? Huh. <laughs> or Blessing of Spring, whatever the fuck it's called. A Dream of Spring, I think. A Dream of Spring, yeah. 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 I feel like that's what's gonna happen. Um, so good, sir. We have one last thing to do. Indeed. And it's now time for, wait, I'm sorry. Your, uh, scheduled television has been interrupted. We have changed the name of this segment. King of your babies is no more. You can still think of it as KYB. Kill it, call it, kill your babies if you wish. But this is now Nostalgia Royale. <laughs> let loose the spears of yesterday's past and uh, let them sink into the chest of your favorite video game while your other favorite video game laughs in retort. Fight! For those unaware, this is a section of the podcast where we pit two beloved franchises that we may or may not have played, but for the most part we have. And we have to decide which one gets to proceed to the next round in a single elimination tournament format. To crown one franchise would be the best. Um, So yeah. We are right now at groups number 41 to 51. Almost done with the first rounds as we climb our way to 64. You goddamn right. All right. And are we are ready, Matt? Serious fucking contenders. Sure. Just hit me with the first one. I feel like it's not going to be a big one, but. Ah, this one will be interesting. Group 41. We have. Crash Bandicoot versus Pokemon versus versus who? Pokemon. Pokemon. Okay, there was a little cutout with uh, the the speech there. I'm not sure if Discord's fucking up today, but we got Crash Bandicoot versus Pokemon. Okay, this one's gonna take me a while to think of. Uh, Pokemon. Why? Why Pokemon, you might ask? Hmm. Quite a wonderment day. I say Pokemon because there's a zeitgeist to Pokemon games. You have Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Silver, Gold. 
Crystal. Whatever the fuck. Crystal. All the other fucking colors. I can't remember. Gold. Uh, uh, TV show. TV shows. Movies. Movies. A new movie game. coming out. A trading card game. A zeitgeist. A compendium. A conglomerate of games and things to do. Uh, we have fucking Detective Pikachu coming out very this very year. We have another Pokemon game coming out for the Switch. Uh, we have a wide variety of toys available. Uh, I fucking McDonald's sold Pokeballs with golden cards inside of them. Um, I, I mean, like, what were the what was the what was the one where you could capture Pokemon as every single fucking one? But what was the one that was on the GameCube uh, that you fucking loved to bits? Oh God! What was it? Pokemon. You're fucking horrible. Coliseum. Pokemon Coliseum. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's why Pokemon. Crash Bandicoot has what four games? Remasters. Remasters. But beloved the, in the name of PlayStation platformers, but in card in, racing game. I just don't think it can. It can fucking play first fiddle to Pokemon. Yeah, I, I think Crash Bandicoot had definitely a special place in my heart for being like one of the first PlayStation games I really gravitated. Um, but it doesn't scratch that itch like Spiral does. So for that reason, I have Ooh. to agree. You burned it. You burned the I'm sorry. fucking Bandicoot. I to fucking death. love the second and Crash. At Bandicoot. least I knew you're a fucking traitor. Hey, okay, Pokemon was fucking crack for kids okay it still I was is addicted to that yeah you still I, are uh, not, not really. to mention pokemon go which was goddamn plague and a blessing <laughs> yes. fucking nerds walking into fucking oncoming traffic finally going outside getting some fresh air and exercise Should catch that legendary pokemon bringing fitness to the fat morbid obese fucks of the world just kidding. Uh, I played it too. Okay. All right. Next one is Mario versus oh, Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, we have, you know, Mr. Nintendo himself. Mr. Nintendo, the Italian plumber who needs no introduction, but we. Anyways, and come <laughs> on, to the uh, fighter games that combine. Two beloved uh, properties and their cast of characters. Um, Condemning Marvel versus Capcom, a game I've almost never played. <laughs> I know it's almost not fair, but to all of the Mario, I mean, you got Super Mario Sunshine, you got all Super Mario Three. I mean, I've never actually played Marvel vs. Capcom. I'm not. If I had to give a one, if I have to give my one flare in the air to save one of the fighting games it's got to be mortal Kombat. um i mean shit speaking of mario do we even we gotta count super smash brothers i mean that's kind of a compendium game where it's no, like a bunch no, of different no, games no, that that doesn't count under mario we have already gutted smash right i know it doesn't count under this but okay so you have super mario i mean okay you could take luigi's 
uh, mansion under the Mario helm. No? Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, I think that was a separate I thing. So. I believe that was a separate thing. So you take Mario. So you got Sunshine. You got uh, 64. You got uh, uh, Odyssey. Mario, Odyssey, which I've yet to touch. Um, just so many inventive things. Crazy shit. I mean, even like the original Super Mario and like the SNES Mario. Like the the 16-bit Mario and it's just it, it's it's who the fuck doesn't that's the original platformer. Is it not? Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against it. I will speak in defense a bit of Marvel vs. Capcom because I've played the second and the third one. Uh the second one I had fond memories. Uh there was this donut shop where I grew up and they had an arcade and I would just play that with my cousin. And the one thing that it like yeah, he would always kick my ass sometimes, but uh, just like the sort of iconic pop music that sometimes plays in the main menu. I mean, just it's just a really good fighting franchise. Unfortunately, it does have a stain in regards to Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. That was not well received by the fighting community at large, and the art style, everything about it felt very half-assed, which was unfortunate. But I hope they come out with a with a proper sequel, MVC four. But yeah, for this one, I have to give it to Mario. It's it's hard to argue against Mario in this matchup. So Mario progresses. No, son of a bitch! All right, group number forty three. We have Ghost Recon versus Resident Evil. Ghost Recon versus Resident Evil. Oh, Advanced Warfighter versus all of the great Resident Evil titles. I mean, I didn't know shit about Resident Evil 2 until after I watched someone play it uh, because I'm a scared little bitch, number one. Number two, I didn't have the need to purchase that game, personally. Um, But Resident Evil 2 alone with the fucking just iconic bad guy. Like... The big stomping around tank motherfucker that never goes away. What's his name? The Tormentor. It's the dement. It's the. It's it's Tormund Giant's Bane. It's uh, <laughs> what? It's Tetris Effect. What's his name? Tetris Effect. What the fuck? <laughs> He's a big fucking thwomping Tetris block that comes through. You see, so someone actually fucking uh, modified that game, modded that game, and turned him into Thomas the Train. Oh, yeah, I remember. Of course. Yeah. Fucking. Right. Oh, God. Um, Choo-choo, motherfucker. <laughs> Ghost Recon. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I just prefer Rainbow Six over Ghost Recon. <laughs> I, again, this is, just, this is just coming from just like Ghost Recon tried to tackle that third-person strategy environment. Uh Ghost Recon Wildlands, I played the demo for it uh, fairly recently. It's pretty stale. Um, And just in general, Tom Clancy isn't a a brand I'm that fond of. But when I look back at Rainbow Six Vegas, Rainbow Six Vegas 2, Siege, even though I'm bad at it, I can still respect the hell out of... um, I like Siege a lot. Yeah, that's 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 basically where my loyalties lie with 
Tom Clancy ecosystem, probably even more so than Splinter Cell, but that's another conversation. Um, so I'm going to have to vote for Resident Evil only because Resident Evil 4 uh, is considered a classic and a very influential title uh, back when it came out for the GameCube. Wow. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. The matchups are going to get more challenging. Yeah, this is like, we may be going through these like butter right now, but that's because... In my opinion, these are woefully one-sided. Um, also, <laughs> if you are interested in listening to our, if you listen to our podcast and would like more input in these fucking decisions, message us on our uh, Twitter, and that Twitter handle is Stephen NYE Podcast. I think it's the same for both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you if can you would like NYE yeah. Podcast. On yeah. Twitter, tell and us Instagram. how. Yeah, tell us how fucking wrong we are. Choice. We like constructive criticism, as tell we know us, the internet can provide. Tell me how wrong I am in regards to the uh, crude joke I said earlier that will be edited out and be so confused as to what the fuck I was talking about just now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So as you're saying, next, All right. next group. We have Dead Rising versus XCOM. Dead Rising versus XCOM? Yep. Ooh, Dead Rising, a zombie game versus XCOM. A uh, a strategy turn-based game. Um, looking at it, I think XCOM is more influential. I'm only saying that because I haven't played either. I know we on the PS4, but I just XCOM haven't is more it. influential. I yeah, I, I think that's that's where I'm coming from. Turn-based Den- strategy game, Aliens. Yep. Dead Rising, I feel is pretty good, but I've read a lot of criticism regarding the fourth one, um, and it's just a franchise that really hasn't evolved as well as it should. So I think XCOM wins. You think XCOM wins? What do you think? <sighs> hmm. I think Dead Rising has its place in the sun as a game for a zombie game. I'm not saying it should be taken seriously. I don't think it should be taken seriously as a zombie game at all. Um, I believe that regard is like dead island and like dead uh dying light dying light for sure what a fucking great zombie game not a great story fucking horrible story but zombie game mechanics great awesome makes you fear what the dead can bring especially when they're the volatiles fucking terrifying um yeah let's give it to xcom game i've never played <laughs> i actually played dead rising didn't really like it that much Oh, well, there you go. Oh, wow. Just three zombie games in a <laughs> row, apparently. Oh, no. Okay, here's the next one. Okay, so for this one... Uh, okay, so we have Tetris versus what? Left 4 Dead. Oh, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear oh, me out. no. 
Hear me out. Tetris. Okay, with the way that I uh, grouped these games together, there was oh, another fuck. group that had Mitsuguchi's games, which basically had Tetris Effect, and he helped design that. So is Tetris Effect not a so, part of this? So no, Tetris Effect is not part of this regular Tetris, which I, I know it's weird, but we're talking about the pantheon of Tetris games from Tetris DS, Tetris Grandmaster, all the Tetris that you could think of uh, against Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead. I think Left 4 Dead should get it because I had played so many hours of the first game. I don't really give a shit about the second game. But all together, I think the Left 4 Dead, the first one, has iconic characters in it that you know may or may not have a good storyline behind them but it's kind of like the team fortress characters you mm. don't really need like a too much backstory you need little snippets little clips to tell you a little bit about backstory also the endless the ability to play the game and as both the zombie uh supers and the um and the humans it's so fun just set up an area where you could be the zombie and just wait. Whether you're the hunter, the smoker, the boomer, the tank, the witch. I don't think you could play as the witch. In the second one, you could. Um, but, I mean, I mean, fucking Jesus, the terrifying music when you hear it, it's like, okay, where's the witch? And everyone has to turn their lights off. And if you look at her, she'll fucking come and kill you. It's a great horror game for a four person to eight per to four on four person uh, zombie game. And it's probably one of the best co-op titles that there ever was on in the early 2000s. Notwithstanding Valve's aversion to the number three, I still think there should be an, another Left 4 Dead game. Yeah. I did hear that there's uh, one of the few developers that worked on the original Left 4 Dead and 2 uh, created a studio uh, that's making a, a successor to Left 4 Dead, but it's called something else. I forgot the name of it. Something Blood or something. But Is it's it Right to Life? No, it's not Right to Life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Left 4 Dead versus the best game of all time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kidding. The man. best game of all time. Get the fuck out. I mean, I love Tetris. Don't get me wrong. It was the basis. I guess it's the basis of Tetris Effect, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, Tetris. What happens if Tetris Effect comes against Mitsuguchi? What happens if Tetris comes against Mitsuguchi, Steven? Then Tetris Effect wins automatically. Tetris Effect is the best Tetris right now. You hate MacGuffins. <laughs> As a plot device, you hate MacGuffins, and that would be the plot device of a MacGuffin. You, you're such a shill. Um, I think Left 4... Again, okay, so... Tetris is probably one of the more influential games ever. But prior to Tetris Effect, I just didn't give a fuck about it. Uh, it, it, might sound, it, it might sound harsh, but I just... The catchy music didn't really gravitate towards me until... Mitsuguchi actually showed you how to do music Tetris and you know 
it just felt boring when playing it. Um, Without Tetris, there's no Tricky Towers. Yeah, I know, but Tricky Towers isn't on the so. True. All right, Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead wins. Don't worry, Tetris Effect is still in it. Don't worry, we'll get arguing soon enough. Oh, this one's going to be good. Group number 46, we have Doom versus Metal Gear. Are you fucking kidding me, Steven? No. <sighs> to give some background, I've played two Metal Gear Solid titles. Uh-huh. I beat one of them. Uh-huh. Snake Eater. Uh-huh. Or series. Um, and in my opinion, we're going against Doom. I've played a little bit of the newest Doom. I have never played Doom before this Doom. Uh, the ultimate, one of the best first person shooters, uh, Twitch shooters against the madness of Kojima, the madness of Kojima, the madness of Kojima versus the others. I give it to Metal Gear. Okay. My personal reasons being I love Snake Eater. There's fucking great, great storyline in that game. Yeah. um, I've completed Snake Eater. I've partially almost completed the second one. I've played that first half of the first one. I haven't played four, and I've played five, but for some reason, it didn't land with me. I haven't played any of the Dooms, but its legacy cannot be disputed. However, I think I prefer if Kojima, as an industry influence, uh, stays longer in this bracket. So Metal Gear Mm -hmm. wins. Metal Gear! Yeah, uh, I mean, and also if you, if you, I don't know if you've ever, for those of you who have played Sekiro, there is a beginning fight area after you rescue, quote unquote, rescue the uh, little boy. And if you have never played Snake Eater, you will get the same vibes as I did. Maybe it's just because of the, like, the plateau and it's kind of like inspired based on Japanese culture and shit. But Snake Eater has a fight at the very end that you have to do, and it's in a very similar type of area on a plateau with white flowers. Yeah, very yeah. reminiscent. So I don't know if they were like giving a shout out to Kojima in uh, in Sekiro, but I won't be surprised because uh, Genichiro, which is the boss you fight in Sekiro multiple times, is a reoccurring. Um boss fight that you have to well wait a fucking spoil that shit okay well it's kind of obvious it's kind of obvious yeah all right next group uh we have bayonetta versus rayman oh bayonetta why what 
I have no idea how to respond to this, Stephen. Bayonetta versus Rayman. I've never played Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Just to be for, perfectly honest, I know it's a it's a it's a bullet time shooter. No, it's it's, it's kind of like Devil May Cry. Yeah, but I hear it a little bit better. It's just more. It has more finesse with the mechanics. A lot of the enemies that attack you with like projectiles give you like a, a warning signal. So combat is very fair when it comes to that. It doesn't feel like bullshit at all most right. of the time. Um, that's why it's up there when it comes to like when people talk about combat. Bayonetta's top three. Hmm. Um, Rayman is a platformer. I have played. Hmm. Uh, I think Rayman Two. That was for the PlayStation. And I it, played Rayman. Yeah. Yeah. It just on the Xbox. Yeah. It just didn't grab me. I like Rayman as a platformer. Um, it's it's more like a I don't know what the fuck is Rayman's like a platformer of some sort. Yeah. But it's not it's so strange. It's a strange, very strange world with a big fat fucking frog and a weird guy with a big fucking nose and I don't know. I played it. I played. I don't remember which one it was on the Xbox. It wasn't Legends. Legends was like this is a weird one. Um, but I haven't played Bayonetta. I have played Rayman. Hmm. I want to give it to Rayman, but I'm willing. I think we need to flip coin on this one, Stephen. Okay, flip the coin of decision making. Okay, before I flip the coin, I would just say that Bayonetta first and second are available on the Switch, just in case you were interested. Anyways, flip the coin of decision making. Let's see. All right, heads for Bayonetta, tails for Rayman. And here we go. Swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. Ting. It's heads. Bayonetta loses. Fantastic. <laughs> Bayonetta wins. Um, goodbye, Rayman. I knew you not that well. <laughs> All right, next one. Dragon Quest. Calib- I'm sorry. You want to repeat yourself there? Dragon Quest versus Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. So one of the crazy... Okay, very... Yeah, I haven't played the most recent one. Apparently, there's huge amounts of customization with their fighters. Like yeah. people have created like Tony Stark, and people have created like <laughs> it's a Dead. weapon-based fighting game. Yeah, for those unfamiliar, um, um, mainly started off on the Dreamcast. Correct, the classic, yeah. the original. The original started off on the Dreamcast. Um, whoo, man. I have no, like, it's a good fighting game. I remember playing the last one where there was Yoda and Darth Vader in it. That was Soul Calibur 4. Yeah, that's the last one I played. It was pretty fun. Um, But the online was unbearable. Like, you'll get fucked up, just like in any other fighting game. If you're not good, you'll get fucking destroyed. Um, <laughs> There's a bit more leeway in comparison to, like, more Mortal Kombat. Uh, demanding. Uh, I'm talking like Street Fighter Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. Um. Hmm. 
Dragon Quest I have not played. I heard I haven't played Dragon Quest either. I have heard many positive things for Dragon Quest eleven. Was it Dragon Quest thirteen? No, it's Dragon Quest eleven. That came <laughs> out last year. Well, I have to give it to Soul Calibur just because I, I I don't know Dragon Quest and I I I feel like there's a really good um it's a really good fighter. And I kind of want to see it go against a few other fighter games that we have not eliminated. All right. I won't argue against it. Um, next group, Watch Dogs versus have ye. Fallout. Wait, I'm sorry. Repeat yourself. I don't know if I got cut off. I couldn't hear you. Watch Dogs versus Fallout. What? Watch Dogs versus Fallout? Yep. So we have, I think, one to two computer-based games that are top-down. And then we get... Fallout 3. Fallout 3, one of the best open-world dystopian uh, story time... Story time? <laughs> story times of all time. This isn't a game for children, Matt. It's it's the Super Mutants and, and the Nukes. I, I think they're all great. Uh, I, I, I love Bethesda for what they did with this. And, and then you get Fallout 4. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then... Uh, you never completed fuck? Fallout 4, though, right? Shut the fuck up. A lot exactly. of people did Exactly. Oh. Excuse me. You don't Excuses. play Fallout games. I never beat Fallout 3. I barely played Fallout 3. How can someone <laughs> who had, who isn't even a big fan complete 4 I, before you... Do? Hold up. Hold up. I love it. Fallout games are not necessarily about. It's, it's like not Elder Scrolls. It's, no, 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 no. Elder Scrolls games aren't necessarily about beating the main campaign. Obviously it's about not. being in the world. Obviously. Same thing but, with Fallout. Obviously, but it, it, didn't, it doesn't take long to complete the main storyline. It's not like the game cuts you off after you beat it. I'm just surprised you haven't completed the main. I don't line. know who I want to side with. Oh, that's why. I was stuck. This to Fallout 4 gave me a stuck position where mm. it was like, hmm, do you want to help your child? <laughs> do you want to help the robots? Do you want to help the people who want to kill the robots and the child? Do you want to help uh what, between the syndicate, the railroad and the brothers of a hood steel. And that's it, right? Only three? I think it's the underground, the railroad. It's the underground railroad. No, it's the, is it the railroad? Yeah, it's the railroad. Those are the ones trying to help the robots. It's the, and, and the scientists, people. Right, the syndicate. And then you could do the... Uh, the the Minutemen. Oh, that's right. But they're more of a neutral faction. Ongoing. Yeah, they're more of a pussy faction that makes you go do shit, protect your settlements. It's a settlement mini game, essentially. Correct. Um, and then we have Fallout New Vegas, one of the fucking best Fallout games of all time. Uh, but just like a nuke, you can't kill the roaches with it. Uh, and the biggest roach of them all is Fallout 76, which falls upon this title. Um, all right. What can we say about Watch Dogs? The first one, 
A lot of people hate the first fun. one. A lot of people hate the first one. I think the negativity against it is overblown. Yes, the main character is a one note, you know, protagonist that really doesn't go anything beyond just a revenge story. But in general, I I really found it refreshing in comparison to like other open world titles like Grand Theft Auto. Just the whole hacking mechanic, uh, traversing through certain environments with that, and then how Watch Dogs Two sort of just dials it up a bit with like, you know, the drone, uh, remote accessing like certain uh, RC cars to go through like smaller spaces. It was just more innovative, and they were more creative with Watch Dogs Two, and obviously taking place in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, good. Well, I still haven't fucking played that game. I still, it's no excuse at this point. I mean, other than I have a whole bunch of games, ongoing games that I want to play, but there's literally no game that I would rather play. One, one, uh, what do you got to say about that? What do you mean? Another game I would. Like, keep ta- like, I, what, what do you have to say, like, in regards to why you love, um, Watch Dogs too? Why you love Watch Dogs and why you don't like Fallout? Oh, okay. Well, okay. So, Fallout Three, I played for like probably five, six hours. I recall the sort of arduous intro. It felt, you know. I kind of liked how the voice actor, I think, was Liam Neeson. I could be wrong. But uh, graphically, it was, you know, bad. Again, Bethesda isn't known for their graphics, but I can forgive that if the gameplay is engaging enough. And again, the concept of Fallout to me really didn't click with me. Fallout 4 streamlined things enough to where to where I can appreciate more, similar to how Skyrim things in comparison to Oblivion. So in that vein, Fallout 4, I liked a little bit better. But the gold standard from, from just the gaming community is still Fallout New Vegas. And that's really just like a game that I have also just put in five hours or so. But... With that first taste of New Vegas, I saw that Obsidian, which is a, de- a developer I, I really enjoy, um, really put a spin on it and really gave you more options to deal with consequences in a way that that's reminiscent of like a Bioware game because they made Knights of the Old Republic to the Sith Lords. Um, and so they had experience with that. And that's what gives Fallout to me that edge like if it wasn't for new vegas and by extent or i probably give too much i wouldn't care too much about the franchise as as it stands so right now my contention is that watchdogs 2 and as a franchise um really it's it, it, it's kind of b tier it's like it, it, it's almost not there yet to being a top uh, tier open world game. Whereas in Fallout, mm-hmm. I feel like there's more potential, but as you mentioned, Fallout 76, I think Fallout 76 has, is the worst 
Worst, worst, worst. Right. It it, it, it almost has single-handedly ruined the reputation of Fallout. But <coughs> like a cockroach, as you mentioned, it will survive. Um Okay, well, I, I had my before you started talking. I had my uh, my pick selected just because I want to see what will happen. Um, okay, I pick Fallout. Fallout needs to win. Fallout Fallout has so many good games and so many good hours spent, and I just I didn't get invested in um, Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Yeah. I just don't know what to say. Uh, fuck, 76 is such a thing. Yeah, I'm willing to not even look at 76. It's more like a cancerous arm that I wish I would have cut off. And We do I, have Elder Scrolls, like, you know, proceeding I to know. the next round. So I know. This is the fight I want to see. It's Clegane Bowl. It's Bethesda Bowl. All right. I want to watch these fuckers go head to head. Okay, fine. What do you want Fallout to be in the coin flip? Wait, we're going to do a coin flip? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Heads. Heads for Fallout. Tails for Watch Dogs. Flip the coin of decision making. And it's heads. You're goddamn right, Fallouts. Bum, 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 bum. War. All right, we got two more groups. Two more groups. The first one is Final Fantasy Man and Conquer. Final Fantasy versus Command and Conquer? Yep. Oh, fuck. I'm, oh fuck! I'm going to vote for Final Fantasy. Uh, that series has had its ups and downs, uh, but I really like the sort of idea that they're not chronology chronologically connected. So you each entry has its own standalone cast of characters and story. So you could start one with a blank slate. Um, and fifteen, while. There are many problems with the pacing of the story and some omissions. Uh, I think really helps me understand why people love that series so much. Command and Conquer, I I just remember playing Command and Conquer 3, uh, playing the demo for it, and I can appreciate its legacy, but I think Final Fantasy is more important. Ah. I love me some good RTS, and I love me some good RTS based upon war. I really liked, uh, was it Heroes? Something Heroes. We, we, you, you, me, and Felipe played that one. Maybe not you and Felipe. But there was a, there was a game called something Heroes. Company of Heroes? Oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. So that's why I got to say, why not give it to Final Fantasy? Because fuck Command and Conquer. No, I, I, I never got really played Command and Yeah, I hear you. All right. We are off yeah. to the final group. This one's a doozy. Final fight. We have Advance Wars versus Ninja Theory. 
the creators of Heavenly Sword, Enslaved, DMC, and Hellblade. Oh. I forgot they made Hellblade. <laughs> I was about to say, well, fuck them. <laughs> wow. Uh, because without Advance Wars, we don't have one of my top ten. Uh, but but hold hold the hold the fucking hold the line. Uh, hold the line. Fight the good fight. Um, if you haven't played, if you have 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 you heard me talk on uh, audience? Have you heard me talk on uh, uh, how much I love Hellblade? It's a, it's a great fucking game. Everyone should play it. Um, if you're not playing it, what the fuck are you listening to our podcast for? God damn, I have to give it to Ninja Theory. Hellblade is such a great game. It just, it just, it just smacks a big Norse dick right on top of, right on top of Advanced Wars. Just says, no, no, there could be, there could be a, uh, what's the game on the Switch? FTL. I mean, no. um, Into the Breach. <laughs> you said the other game. Yeah. Yes. Into the Breach. There could be an F Into the Breach without it. Suck it. They really can't. But at the same time, uh, I think Hellblade Ninja Theory needs to win this one because Hellblade's amazing. I don't know about Devil May Cry. Um, I played the newest demo. I didn't really care for it. DMC is uh, the reboot that didn't really go anywhere. So oh. that has no connection to the new one. Right. Uh, yeah, Hellblade for the win. I don't know, man. Advance. Yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> I will find you and make it hurt. Okay, answer me this I question. Will Big Brother Craig on your ass. Okay. Oh, my God. Big Brother Craig will stomp around like the oh. Devastator and fucking ready Resident Evil 2. He's like, surprise, motherfuckers, time to die, bitch. And he's going to come and just sit on your face and not in the good way. Okay? You feel me? You really don't want me to take out the coin flip app right now, okay? You let really me, don't want let to. Me, okay, I know. Okay, <laughs> let me preface. How strongly do you feel about Hellblade? Where do you see Hellblade going from here? Okay. I've had. I would eliminate the Elder Scrolls for Hellblade. What? No. You fucking heard me. No way. I just said it. No. Let's be true. You wouldn't do that. It would easily lose. No. Impossible. And that's killing me a little bit on the inside to say. But Hellblade would go to the top. Oh my. There's no amount of storytelling that the Elder Scrolls can give me, no amount of adventure. That could beat the storytelling in Hellblade. God. So what you're saying is Hellblade is your favorite game ever? Currently. Ooh. Yes. Well, since you allowed me to get Nier in the group forward. I give Nier a fucking snowball's chance in hell. Well, a 50-50. Let's be fair. All right. I'll give you Hellblade for this round. What'd you say? What about for this round? I'll give you Hellblade 
it will succeed. It will go far. But God damn right. We shall. What a last. What a last. Have you set these up to be like a really good ending? No, it's random. These are all grouped up random. Seems to be fucking doing this every time. Like, for example, your beloved franchise, Elder Scrolls, up against something. Yeah. Something something terrifying. Yeah, something terrifying. This one will be probably a big debate. Anyways. Mm. But that's for next time. That is for next time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, Twitter at NYE Podcast. Uh, and make sure to DM us those sweet DMs if you have any other questions. Hey, we will answer. If we get enough questions on the next episode, we'll do a huge Q&A. And, uh, or we'll just answer some questions a little in the, you know, near the end of the near the beginning of the episode uh, in regards to anything we talk about our personal lives. Fuck it. I'll throw that on the table. Um, Not too personal though. Um, but mostly everything we'll talk about. If you send us a DM on Twitter or fuck it, I control the Instagram Instagram. Uh, so yeah. Any last words? Good sir. Steven, be sure to submit questions and topics uh, discussion. Uh, we do have, for the next episode, a pretty heavy topic that we're going to discuss regarding a particular gaming habit that we have. But uh, other than that, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please drop a review and rate us if you think we're doing terribly. be sure Because we love you. Be sure to tap on that one-star rating. And if you think you love us, which what's Tell wrong me, with Daddy. you? What? Okay, so... <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> There's supposed to be a progression before you go mad. At least 10 before he comes out mad. Now's not the time. Anyways. Um, so yeah, leave us a written and that sure helps us out a lot for exposure on iTunes and that should be it. Yeah, straight up. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining our podcast this week. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Now it's time to kill that Craig. Are you ready? What? It's time to kill that Craig. That's how we sign off now. It's a thing. Oh, oh, I didn't know it was a <laughs> Time for Craig to join the ethereal people of Babylon. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Goodbye.